welcome to another brand new episode of the Minigames Podcast. This is episode 22, the sequel to last week's episode 21. Kind of like episode 21 and a half, but not really. It's actually episode 22. Math is hard and I'm confused. But hi, I'm your host, Mike. And as usual, we have your co-host, Keith, as well. It's appropriate that it's episode 22 because we are counting down from recording one hour and one minute away from the new Stealth Drop T-Swizz album. It's a good day. Oh shit, I totally forgot that that was the thing that happened today. I, I was one of those, I was going to text you about it moments, but then I was like, oh, he probably oh, I was already knows. Yeah, it, it helps when I get her t- tweets to my phone, but that's besides the point. I forgot that you're a serial killer and you do that shit. That's fine. Anyway, hi. Uh, normally we go into some weird fucking tangent, but we're not going to do that because holy shit, do we have an episode this week. With tangents included. Yeah, um, so if you thought last week's episode was too long, well, I feel really bad for you because this one's probably going to be... Uh, it's a doozy. So long. Yeah, the, we got some news for you, So, which is why we're skipping most of our usual stuff. Uh, we're just going to start off with the usual, uh, what are you playing? So Keith, what are you playing? I popped back in on Pokemon Platinum, and I started uh, getting into Assassin's Creed 4 just a little bit, just kind of dabbling here and there whenever I got a little bit of free time. Um, been doing a lot of stuff outside of the games. Have you seen Watchmen? No, I hear it's really good, though. I have an HBO uh, HBO Max account. I should probably watch that. Oh, man, it is so good. Like, I knew I was going to like it, but I didn't think I was going to be this, like, in love with it. It's so good. Uh, my girlfriend and I started watching that new Unsolved Mysteries series that Netflix is doing. Is it pretty uh, cool? Last night, yo, it. I we, we think we're detectives now. If, if that's any indication as to how much we like it, hell yeah. Um, it's like six episodes, and each one ranges from like forty minutes to an hour long. We saw one, well, two of them that are like murder mystery kind of deals, and then one of them we like didn't finish. We watched like eighty percent of it. It was about like alien abductions, but. There's something about alien abductions as opposed to murders that I find it much more difficult to watch because, like, like okay, full disclosure, I do believe in, like, aliens and shit, but there's something more tangible when it comes to, like, a murder. You know right. what I mean? Like, I expect... I, Like, there's, like, you know, they found, like, remains and shit. You know, there's, like, people involved. There are suspects with, like... Whenever anyone talks about, like, aliens or anything extraterrestrial, it's just, like, a bunch of stories, basically. And... I, I find myself getting distracted very easily when it's like that because I want to like, it's like, okay, well, show me shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, I guess, more out of sight, out of mind when it comes to like the paranormal and stuff. Yeah, that's like, I love shows like Ghost Adventures and stuff like that because at least like, you know, you have that dude being like, oh shit, some wind blew. But there's like, whenever they do something with aliens, it's always like, oh, here's like a bright ass light and that's it. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Watch the Watchmen. Trust me. Well, here's the thing. Talking about what I've been playing lately, um, I've actually been been able to knock out a bunch of shows in my backlog because I have something on my second monitor while I'm while I've been playing obscene amounts of Lo- of No Man's Sky. There you go. Uh, which also, man, they put some fucking legs on that game. I've been having a blast playing it. I straight up have put in uh, close to thirty hours in the past few days. And how many days? And like the past couple days. Oh, I thought you said two. I was like, Jesus Christ. I said I said few days. I've been playing like 
four or five hours like consistently like i'll get off of work and then i'll say okay i'm not doing anything else today cool no man's sky well i mean after all the things that we said about how like it's picked up and how they kept on supporting it i'm not surprised they honestly did a real good job with it is, other than that is it still on like, sale well, i think it is Ooh, that's a great question i don't know i haven't checked i've been too busy playing it to notice if it's, notice if it's on sale yeah but uh yeah no man's sky is great but other than that world of warcraft as usual um, all the usual suspects yeah I'm st i still haven't got ghost of tsushima yet i don't know when i'm gonna get it i know i'll get it eventually though yeah i mean i've heard good things about it even with it's kind of like i guess fetch quest flaws it's not enough to elf put the game from what i hear i i have heard people say it's the best assassin's creed they've ever played so so i want it <laughs> but yeah i've i've only been playing like a couple things here and there i've if, if i haven't been busy i've usually been just playing no man's sky yeah those kind of dabbling things although i actually i have done a little bit of work on minesweeper holy shit why did i forget about that okay um what am i at uh statistics Thirteen thousand one hundred ninety-six gains now. I'm glad to have brought you on this journey with me. Oh, I thought of something earlier too. So there's this game that I play on my phone called Flow. Uh, it's just like a little puzzle game. They have like daily puzzles, right? So it's just like, oh, you build up like a, a streak, and it shows you how many days that you've been playing. Yeah. Uh, as of today, I've been playing for one thousand six hundred and sixteen days in a row. And you say I'm a freak? You are a freak. You play Minesweeper. That's what I play flow. I play flow once a day. You play Minesweeper in like blocks. Look, dude, these mines ain't gonna sweep themselves. But what if they did? They won't. That's why I'm here. But what if they did? We're asking the real questions here on the mini game pod. For real. Anyway, uh, have you really been playing anything else, or that's just been uh, that's just been it for you? That's mostly been it. I mean, mostly, okay, when I play Pokemon, it's on my lunch break at work. And then we, we got really into Watchmen, so that kind of took away from time here at home. And then we jumped right into The Outsider, another HBO series that came out a few months ago. Um, so I kind of took it away from that here, and then we're going to roll right into Umbrella Academy Season 2. So it's a little bit light, but uh, I probably should start taking my Switch to work more, so... Yeah, I also take my Switch to work uh, from one room of the house to the other. Fuck, that's hard to do. It's, it's, uh, I have, I have quite the commute. So. <laughs> but oh. yeah, um, so normally this is where we go into like, oh, this is like games that are on sale and things like that. But, um, for those of you that don't know, or if you do know and just are looking for some people to talk about it, um, today was like the big Xbox conference, live stream, whatever you want to call it. Uh, game reveal shit. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot. Honestly, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, and considering we still have technically half of an episode from last week to do, uh, we have just decided that we just said, "Yo, uh, fuck sales." You find out about that shit yourself if you want. We're just gonna talk straight gaming. Yeah, we're rolling into it today. But yeah, uh, I guess we will go ahead and get started it's probably a good time to kick it off as any so yeah uh the xbox game showcase uh wow they showcased games yes they showcased games 
but I feel like they also did the thing that I didn't want them to do and I expected it to do. So first off, the first thing they showed obviously was Halo Infinite. And they showed like gameplay for Halo Infinite, which is fucking sick. And then they showed gameplay for almost nothing else. Yeah, uh, that that was my one big beef that there was all trailers that had little to no gameplay. Um, I will say the gameplay that we did see in each one probably they all looked pretty cool. Um, but I mean, starting off with Halo, it's their biggest game. We knew they were gonna do it. Um, you can tell they're leaning heavily into nostalgia with this game. Um, did you see they released the key art? I think it was yesterday for the game. Uh, no, I did. I did not see that. It's straight up. It, it's it's cool, but it's also like really, but it's also cool. <laughs> um, it looks a lot like the box art for the first Halo game. Oh, you know what? Then I did see that because I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Oh yeah, and even the the level that they showed looked exactly like the first level, um, from Halo right after the Pillar of Autumn crashes and all that yeah they, they're leaning heavy into like the nostalgia which is like fine i have very fond memories of halo one and i'm gonna be honest with you as someone who's only like genuine like generally a fan of like a couple of halo games like i love combat evolved i love reach and i think like two and three have some good parts to it more so in like the multiplayer and like the right. forge mode departments and anything else but fuck man halo infinite looks sick yeah it looks like they reinvented all the wheels for Halo in the perfect way. Um, you know, having that massive world and setting waypoints so it's not linear. Um, I want it. <laughs> kind of kind in a similar way that Spider-Man made me say, I want the PS5. That kind of made me say, like, oh, shit, I want this game. Um, but you know, it's one thing I, I will say, prefacing this whole conference, it kind of made wow. me think, I don't need a Series X. <laughs> yeah, see, I was also, I was going to say that, but after this conference, I was like, oh, good. I don't have to buy this other console because everything that I want to play is also coming out on PC. Right. And I kind of think that might be Microsoft, like an intentional business strategy that they're kind of taking themselves out of the front runner in the, the console war, so to say, but place themselves in the front runner for the games now. Um, Remember how I was saying, like, okay, we know they, pur they purchased, like, all these studios. What are they going to do with it? I think they're kind of leaning yeah. towards, okay, we're going to focus on the games and just make them accessible. Whether it be on your Xbox One for a couple of years or the Series X or if you already have your gaming PC, we're going to make our games accessible. And I kind of I dig it a little bit, actually, to be honest, now that we've kind of seen it in motion a little bit. Yeah, it's cool, but then like my brain immediately goes to, so why are you even making a new fucking console in the first place? If you're yeah. Just put everything also like, what's the point? Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think to me, honestly, I feel like the idea is the Series X is the affordable PC alternative. Um, is that how they're saying it? No, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting off of it. Because um, why else would you have a powerful ass console? You know? Yeah, sure, but I don't know. Like when I look at like. I'm gonna sound like a fucking Sony shill here. I know it, Bring but just it. like look at look at fucking PS5. They showed a bunch of games, and the way Sony operates, it's like yeah, they have games coming out on PC like Horizon, but Horizon came out like what fucking a thousand years ago, right? So it's like they they specifically said no, these games are coming out for the PS5. Like they are leaning hard right. into the console because they are making a new fucking console. Microsoft making a new console with the Xbox Series X. 
and then they're just like by the way you don't actually it, it comes off as you don't have to actually buy this thing because you can just play it on your on your pc and even then it's like if with they announced that everything was coming to fucking game pass so it's like i also don't even need to buy the buy game. the game itself yeah um yeah i mean i guess my maybe counterpoint to Shit. that for lack of a better way is how do you top it you don't you do something different and maybe this might be their bold move cotton to try and do that <laughs> i guess but like even thinking about thinking about it this way too i don't even have to buy game pass because today i pre-saved halo infinite on steam <laughs> yeah like i put it on my steam wish list so it's like well then like what the what the fuck do i need your new thing for if i can just right right and realistically i mean i would rather build a pc than own two consoles so if i could sure. get just one and have the pc you really do get the best of both worlds i just see it as consumer friendly um if you go the route of the series x or if you go on pc you're still investing in an xbox product at this point by playing yeah. their games i think they're focusing more on just the game rather than the console itself that's part of their plan but it's not their plan as a whole yeah i guess i can see that too i don't know it's just like blows my mind that this is it's like weird. the route that they're going <laughs> yeah it's weird don't get me wrong but i i think i see where they're going with it and i think i might be on board um because we're getting to the point where consoles are only getting more and more pricey and i think they realize that if people had to choose they're gonna lose so let's kind of make this a little bit more available to where they can still have our products yeah speaking of things getting more pricey did you see this announcement like that like the fucking nba the next like nba 2k game is just gonna flat out be 70 bucks like base edition good god and you know like and you know they're gonna make tons of money off of it because people will buy it yeah and i'm just like fuck man as it is 60 dollars games are like I have to really be picky and choosy about like what games I get because right. dropping sixty bucks all the time is like something I just financially cannot yeah, do. There's a reason we haven't gotten Ghost of Tsushima yet. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, oh, you're gonna raise the price of games another ten dollars. It's like, oh, cool. I'm just gonna be buying video games even less. Yeah, I mean, Game Pass does come in handy for that. I will say that. Yeah, and granted, like I obviously came into like Game Pass. I, I I'm paying like the fifteen bucks or whatever a month now, but like I came in where it's like, oh, you get three months for a dollar, like that's right. So it's like it cost me nothing. So it's just like, why? I don't know, man. I, I don't want to pay that much fucking. Right, and I, and I know we're kind of going off a tangent off of it, but I mean, every game they showed is going to be available on Game Pass at launch. That's cool. Yeah, that is very sick. At least knowing that I won't have to like buy a bunch of fucking boxes yeah i mean you kind of end up getting all these games for the price of two games a year yeah so i i'm, I'm vibing with a few of the things they're doing how it's gonna play out in the long run i don't know because i don't think i've ever seen anybody really do this the way they are <laughs> i guess stadia but they also they don't count because they're stadia yeah yeah, Stadia is in like some other fucking universe all its own, but fucking uh, Team Instinct over there, dude. I fucking don't even get me started on Stadia. That shit's absolutely just straight up bonkers. I mean, think of it this way: if Game Pass is a huge success, that could be single-handedly what shuts down Stadia at what they're doing. Well, I mean, well, there's there's an announcement that they made that basically already kind of does that, but we'll we'll cross that bridge. Oh, shit. <laughs> But yeah, okay, Halo Infinite. Um, 
I think it was one of their better announcements because it had actual raw gameplay. Um, I, I got a good feel how this game plays and I want to play it. And not just kind of like, oh, that was cool. It looks sweet. Yeah. Um, I didn't think I would ever be like truly excited about a new Halo game. Like every time I've seen like, a Halo on game. It's so hard here. Yeah. And like every time I've seen like a Halo game, my the most excited I get is like, oh, that's cool. They're doing another one. I feel like it's been less so after Halo 3 because I was like, the whole point of Halo 3 was like, yo, you finished the fight. Like, why are you why are you doing this? Yeah. But I, I like that they have decided to just say fuck it and take it into like an open world kind of scenario. Yeah, me too. And they added the Doom Eternal grappling hook. And I kind of feel like that's kind of just going to be a staple of first person shooters from yeah. this point forward because it's got to evolve in some way. And I think that's all they can figure out as of right now. Yeah, gotta, gotta have the grapple hook. It looked cool. It's probably going to be the worst thing for multiplayer because I can only imagine you grappling someone and getting shot mid-air, like but single player looks cool. Listen here, if I can do custom modes in multiplayer again, it, uh, multiplayer again it's only rockets and shotties and grappling hook. Grappling hook headshots. Ooh, yeah. Yo, if you can kill, if you can straight up get kills with the grappling hook, then my mode is grappling hooks only. Yeah, straight up. And I really want there to be a community to this game because I feel like Halo hasn't had a strong community since Halo 3 um, because of Forge and custom games and things like that. They, I don't get why. They made it more accessible in their later entries, but for some reason, it just was thriving on Halo 3. Yeah, I think I think, uh, I think a benefit to that was like fucking Forge mode and shit like that kept things real interesting. Right, but then in Reach, they made a whole-ass Forge world. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but Halo Infinite, it was, it, I thought it was a solid way to kick off, way more solid than I thought it would be. Yeah, I am, I am here for a new Halo game. I just, I don't know, man, I always have, like, I, I always feel it's bad of me, but I always just have, like, a healthy bit of skepticism around shit like this, because they've, uh, from what I hear about Halo 4 and 5, that they've definitely fucked it up before so i mean four i'd say four is fine uh five i didn't finish it myself but every single person i know is like i yeah that campaign did nothing for me um i had five actually and i liked i really liked the multiplayer it was fun but again there was no community for it so it was kind of short-lived um as far as having just a thriving player base on it but i like I said, I had it and I didn't care for the campaign. It lost me, so we'll see where this goes. As far as as of right now, I'm 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 in. <laughs> like straight up though, in that that little bit of gameplay they showed, I was like, this is the most Halo ass game. Like the Warthog still looks like it controls yeah. like the Warthog you fucking remember and all the that. drifting. Like, yeah, and like I know I always like talk about like the way that new games look, but I was just like, damn, this shit pretty. Yeah, and it's cool because like it's like it looks. It looks like Halo still. They haven't molded from that aesthetic that they've gotten, and I don't think they need to. I mean, no. When I think of Halo, it has like a very particular look and like feel to me. I think, and I think yeah. if you get away from that, it just becomes very much not Halo. Yeah. If anything, you kind of kind of amp up the craziness to small degrees, like the kamikaze grunts and things like that. But you can't do like all of a sudden the the Covenant can fly and shit like that. Like it's got to, it it goes in increments and it all it always kind of seems to make sense when it comes to halo 2 yeah i don't 
yeah i like i'm very excited to play it but just, you know just at the same time i'm like hope they don't fuck it up yeah i mean i hope they don't fuck it up but again if, if it comes to game pass i feel like less of a risk of like i'm wasting my money on this because i can just drop it and move on to the next thing yeah i can see that too but yeah uh, I, I really don't have much else to say about it because granted even though they did show gameplay it was like relatively short very much the term. first impression yeah it was a good one but honestly i'm just glad they showed something because i was like fuck man at this point they they straight up have to yeah no kidding um i mean they didn't waste time either they kind of rolled straight into a couple other things that they've kind of become i guess known for um it sucks that we kind of mostly got cinematic trailers um some cool ones but still not really the full kind of i guess clenching your thirst kind of i guess aspect of it but next they showed up uh, state of decay 3 um state of decay cool franchise i'm so pumped dude i love state of decay state of decay 2 is probably one of like the more fun games yeah as far as the survival and building and and all that zombie aspect yeah i mean it's a zombie game that i think does it right like they have like the base building and shit like that which is cool they have the, the fact that you can just play as multiple survivors and it's pretty seamless yeah there's there's like not really much of a story to all of state of decay it's just like you're just it's basically just you're just sims. in the zombie world it's basically just the sims but undead yeah but i mean that's cool i like those games i like a good uh like a good it's technically like a management sim i guess it's weird to compare it to something like roller coaster tycoon in that sense right it is very much of like there's a little bit of sim city with your base building there's basically just like the sims with like interacting with how they handle their tasks and things like that sure and then there's just you know the actual like zombie and people shoot which is which is pretty fun uh yeah i i like state of decay a lot as a series uh i'm very excited for three and it's cool that now there are a uh, zombie deer yeah <laughs> um they're going the resident evil route with it but yeah. which is cool i like the idea of zombie animals yeah i, I like it because it wasn't there from the beginning for them so it's kind of just seems like a natural mutation of whatever zombie disease you want to call it you know yeah but then they came in with what we expected forza yeah the fucking oh here's our new console here's our fancy cars yeah here's our realistic looking how fast we can render stuff it's a game i don't care but it's a game honestly honestly expected nothing different I, i feel like if there wasn't a forza anything in here they would have been like I would have been like what the fuck is going on yeah no kidding um really the kind of the first one that kind of was like okay this is new this is not what i expected was everwild the new one from rare uh, i don't know what the hell it's about they started talking about how like living things are all interacting and connected to each other so it's basically the force and that's it that's all i know again no gameplay yeah no gameplay for that i feel like this is one game that would have definitely benefited from it um just based on the trailer it kind of gives me vibes of like this is just like how it's like sea of thieves but leans more into the direction of like oh instead of like you you you're here with friends so you kind of just like exist in this world that's like happy there's like there's no adversity in that right trailer so it's just like oh well here it is 
and there i one thing is like the game looks very good like if that's like straight up in-game engine because i think they said everything was like filled in game like recorded in game right i think so yeah but like i was like damn they're really just leaning into that sea of thieves aesthetic huh yeah and it, and sea of thieves is kind of barely gaining its like fleshed out gameplay and even i say just barely um i hope they don't do it again i i, I want to see what the gameplay looks like so i can really get an idea of what game i'd be playing with this yeah as like i don't know i i want to believe in rare because it's like oh this is because it's rare behind... yeah because it's rare and it's games that i've loved like they've made games that i loved immensely when i was a child but then i have to remember that i was like oh the people that made those games straight up probably don't work there anymore yeah there's also and, that and also it's just like i don't know like i liked sea of thieves like i still do like sea of thieves like i wouldn't mind popping back in there and like having fun with it they recently hit they announced they hit 15 million players which is awesome for them it's yeah. really cool because i know that game definitely had like a rocky start but i don't i don't know like with these like borderline cell shaded like just like oh like not i don't know this seems like such like a passive game if you know what i mean and if you're gonna do that like give me a new fucking viva pinata or some shit like i don't know i already have like an animal crossing and i don't know why this is giving me like weird like animal crossing ish vibes yeah, if it's a game to play like passively, I kind of lose a little bit more interest on it. I, I obviously Rare can do that; they did it, like you mentioned with Viva Pinata. But at this point, that's not what I'm looking for from them. Um, I don't think there's an Animal Crossing killer to come out soon. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. And the thing with like Viva Pinata too is, I think what drew what drew me, possibly you, and you, because you can tell me if this is true or not. And what drew in a lot of other people is that like the concept of Eva Pinata is fucking weird. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And and there's at a time when there was really, I guess, kind of no other games that really thrived like that. Because it kind of came in between, you know, the Animal Crossings and things like that, you know? Yeah, and it was like, oh, here's this happening like like grant, it's like a fucking cartoony kitty ass game, but like Viva yeah. Pinata looked fucking good. It looked good and it, it was it was kind of more like a cult classic. It's not like it blew like sure off the shelves so even then like they didn't have the animal crossing killer at that point and i don't think they're gonna have it with this one so if it's a passive game i kind of lose interest in it but it is rare so i'll have to definitely look into it more and give them the benefit of the doubt until i see something else you know yeah I, i'll obviously reserve final judgment until like the thing is actually out or at least until i see some actual gameplay yeah that's what i'm leaning towards too um, and the, and it's crazy because a lot of things that we could say about this are really do fall in line with a lot of the stuff they showcased. Because, um, like I said, there wasn't much gameplay in a lot of it. Um, Tell me why was next. Uh, kind of like a Life is Strange style game. Yeah, and so the thing I have with like Tell me why, and there's like, I guess I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I guess we can bundle like as dusk falls right. into this, which yeah. is another one that they announced. I, I think after the the fall of Telltale, I'm kind of over these like story driven, almost point and click kind of games. I don't know. I think I got tired of seeing like the walk, like Telltale's The Walking Dead or Telltale's The Game of Thrones. Like those games are cool and everything, and I did play them, but I don't I don't need more of that. I kind of got tired of them as I was playing them towards the end of it because I mean there's not much variety, you know. Um, 
it's basically like you said a point and click and i have heard those games do play better on mobile and possibly the switch um but i kind of like i said i don't really feel the need for more of them i mean i'm sure they're fun games to stream because they kind of let your your audience choose their decisions and things like that so i they can see its place but I, not for me yeah i think those couple games are some like even after like i see gameplay i'm that's gonna be some hard passes for me yeah i don't think there's anything that this one can do to make it for me um but the next one they kind of plugged in a little bit of their smart delivery uh ori and the will of the wisps a successful game obviously um getting optimized for the series x and free upgrade with smart delivery yeah and here's the thing though like i saw this and i was like oh cool so now you can finally play it almost as good as the way the people on pc have been playing it this whole time yeah i mean i like the, that they did the side-by-side -side comparison but yeah it's the same thing like you just mentioned you can already do that um that's kind of where i lean more towards the series x as the more affordable pc alternative yeah i mean granted ori looks really good but like i don't it, like a grant like even that other like the side-by-side -side didn't look like enough of a difference maybe you'd be like oh i gotta get ori on the series x like it probably runs just fine and yeah. i think i think they did the same thing with ori in the blind forest but i think they ended up just like patching that new version in everywhere else too probably i mean i see it more as if you're waiting to buy it for the series x i don't know why you would but if you were you can get it now and not be afraid to get that version later um or if you already have it and you just love that game as a lot of people do there you go nothing to lose you know yeah that's true but i i don't know a decision like that's like it's just so weird to me and that's only because i'm someone who is like a pc player so i, I yeah. do just see it as like ah uh, good so you can still only almost play it as good as like i can experience it yeah i mean think of it this way like everyone always jokes like pc master race and obviously we are um but there's a ton of people that are never gonna buy a gaming pc so correct that it i don't see the problem with it really i mean if there was a master race though it would be the pc gamers yeah it's just i don't know man ever since i got a pc the, the idea of going back to playing consoles like i had a hard time going playing last of us I don't even remember the last time I played something like on my PlayStation. So it's like I, and it's so weird because I barely consider my Switch a console because right. I do play that often. But like I do have the option of like, oh, I can just take this to like the bathroom with me. Yeah, if anything, the Switch is probably the console that gets the most time now, um, but because it's different. Um, but one thing I will say is, again, you don't have to be a console player to enjoy this and. It's inclusive. It's inclusion, basically. Yeah, which is which is good. I'm glad that they're like doing that, but I, I think they're going. I think they're leading too hard. And that no, you can play this on PC too. I think because straight up, if that X, if that new Xbox is like six hundred dollars, like five six hundred dollars, you're not that far off from just buying like a a very decent entry level PC. Yeah, you're not that far off. Yeah, you're right. Um, here's one thing I will say, and it might be getting ahead of us too far, but my question for you is, based off of the games that we saw in the PS5 uh, reveal and on this one, 
uh, do you find yourself playing more of the PS5 games or more of the Xbox games on PC? Just as far as quantity wise. That's it's honestly a really good question. Uh, the games that I am interested in that way they showed in the Xbox reveal are definitely on the PC, but I feel like there's fewer of them that I'm interested in than there were on the PS5. And I don't think there's anything that like truly like wowed me. Like I thought there was like some I thought there was some really cool things that they announced, especially uh well the the final announcement which we'll get into later. Oh yeah. But but yeah, like I don't know. I, I was like my reaction to a lot of things on this uh, Xbox showcase, I was like, oh man, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. That they're doing that. And then I had some legitimate fucking freak out moments watching the, the PS, the PlayStation conference. Right, yeah. And I remember we were texting each other going crazy on the PS5 one. Um, I personally see myself leaning more towards being gravitating towards the Xbox games. And I like that I don't have to get a Series X to do it. Um, is that the route that should be consumer? kind of convenience uh probably not on a corporate greed level but they're throwing me a bone so i'm gonna take it sure. um i guess moving on they kind of did like a an obsidian block of a couple of games um the outer worlds parallel and gorgon expansion it yeah it looks cool i mean it's, it's the outer worlds we know what it looks like we know what it plays like look man i'm gonna be completely honest with you i'm someone who called who said outer worlds was his favorite game of last year uh i forgot that shit came out yeah there it didn't have the lasting impressions of the fallout games that obsidian was known for also i feel like they missed the boat in terms of how long after release you should put out dlc for your game yeah i think they're kind of sw focusing on getting that switch version out i guess before i don't know yeah it's just like that, this is one of the things I was like, wow, that's cool. I'm probably not going to play it. Yeah, the hype train kind of left. I mean, if you got Smart Pass or what is it, Game Pass, I think it might be on there. Yeah, that, that's actually where I initially had played it was because I was like, oh, I got Game Pass for, I got three months for a dollar or whatever it was. So I might as well try this See what's up, yeah. game. So yeah, if uh, I'm still fucking around with Game Pass whenever that comes out. Yeah. Um, but moving on, this is what I was ready for. Grounded, baby. Ah, yes. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yes, 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 yes. Ant-Man. I love it. Um, I was on the pod a while back when this game kind of first started getting a little bit of news. Um, I think it looks so fucking cool. Yeah, I like the idea of it. Um, I straight up hated the trailer. <laughs> if you're waiting for the biggest game of the year one. Dude, it's just like, like I get they're going for like the haha we're meta we're obsidian we make we made fallout new vegas and outer worlds i'm just like i don't know man I don't, do you remember the fucking fiasco with like the mighty number no. nine trailer yeah where it's like oh you'll you ever cry like an anime kid on prom night or whatever the fuck the joke was like yeah. i get i get major fucking like vibes like that and i was the whole time i was like dude just show me the fucking game i don't need this like haha we're so funny like trailer shit i don't need yeah. it yeah i mean we might not need it but also okay think of it what game has more hype right now grounded or cyberpunk easily answer cyberpunk right after this the cyberpunk yeah. twitter account tweeted hey we see you guys and threw them the at and a lot of people did come over from that so i mean it worked 
yeah, that's true. But how many people that are actually like, oh, like are invested and are going to play Cyberpunk are going to cross over and also play Grounded? I mean, anything more than the zero that they had before is a, is a gain, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it wasn't even like the Cyberpunk thing that like bothered me. I think it was just like the whole the rest of it. of it yeah it's just i don't know maybe this is just like the mark that i'm like an old man now and i just think that shit i was just like man this shit's fucking lame yeah it might be i mean the cyberpunk one i didn't mind maybe the rest of it yeah i can kind of see it's like all right we get it um but the game as a whole looks fun this is one that kind of, they kind of did show a little bit of gameplay on it as far as you know going into the anthills and uh building up and seeing the battle toad toys um I, I, I want it. I, I want this game. It looks fun. It looks like the kind of like how Raft was when we first time we were kind of hooked on it for that good like day and a half when we were on early access. Yeah. And it seems like a more expanded version of that. Yeah. I mean, if I mean if it's not coming on Game Pass, so like I'll play it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm down to have some fun with it. Um, and then next is Avowed. Yeah, the one game that I wish actually had more to show <laughs> right dude because like look i get that like skyrim was like memed to death and it's like oh it's like fucking it runs on your fridge now and it's just like like skyrim has become like a running joke because it has been released on straight up fucking everything yeah but like dude i i love the elder scrolls games i loved oblivion I straight up loved Skyrim. I loved Morrowind. So this is like very much my shit. So when I see like first person RPG with like swords and magic, like I'm all in. And like, as soon as I was like, fuck yeah, this looks sick. Like the trailer ended and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. It's one of those. I mean, my first thought was avowed to elder scrolls is going to be what outer worlds is to fallout essentially. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, which is funny because they're both uh, obsidian both, yeah yeah but well no this is just both bethesda so. oh yeah that too um i mean there's room for more i think we'll see him yeah, if it comes up it has to come out before elder scrolls 6 which probably will happen <laughs> but it has well, most to. well fucking elder scrolls 6 is gonna come out in like 30 years dude right so that's insane if it comes out afterwards yeah this game's doomed <laughs> if it comes up before there's a chance well, I mean, there's always the the chance that Bethesda will just fuck up Elder Scrolls Six like they did with Fallout seventy six. So maybe they yeah. won't have to like worry about it. Maybe Bethesda will do all the work for them. I mean, as of right now, we've seen more of a vow than we have of Elder Scrolls. We've seen as much of Elder Scrolls Six as as we've seen of Metroid Prime Four. Uh, you've probably seen more of Elder Scrolls Six than Metroid Prime Four because at least that Elder Scrolls Six announcement was animated. <laughs> oh god i want that game but yeah avowed um yeah i want to see more please pretty please yeah me too uh next was as dust falls but we already kind of talked about that one i just yeah again again i straight up don't give a fuck about these like pseudo tell like pseudo telltale like point and click adventure games like they're cool but i have like i have outgrown my desire to play these games yeah i only have so much time to play a game so i don't want to put it there yeah uh after that hellblade 2 uh i played the first one it's a cool game i'll play a second one in iceland yeah that's that's cool i guess but yeah i don't know hellblade one was a cool game it was very like 
Wait, was it Iceland or was it, it Ireland? No, it was Iceland. Oh, okay. Yeah, I corrected your note here. You were like, oh, it's Ireland. And I was like, that's not... That's, that's not, not what, what I said. read. That's not what I just finished hearing, so I immediately All edited right, cool. the note. We, we fixed it. Yeah, I'm on top of it. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll play a second Hellblade game. That's fine. The first one was cool. I should honestly replay that now that I have like a better set of headphones with like actual surround sound built into them because that's how that game yeah. was like fucking meant to be played with like headphones yeah. on so you hear like fucking spooky ass whispering from everywhere and like the way off and like over your left ear so you actually turn and look yeah shit like that's cool so like i'll i'll absolutely play that yeah i mean i want to see more <laughs> that's the running Me theme fucking i think too yeah it's like with everything else like you're, you're gonna hear that a lot from us for this like i we want to see more because fuck man they showed us so little of like 90 percent of these games yeah and and it looked cool i think that's a thing it wasn't to a point where it turned me off i mean i want to see more because it looked cool and i'm a little bit normally i kind of think less is more but i think this was too little in this case yeah this <laughs> they straight up did the thing i didn't want them to do like i think they leaned too far into the halo yeah that was the biggest chunk of it um had they sprinkled a few more gameplay trailers like say like every fourth or every third fifth whatever one of those tra uh, ones that they showed off i think it would have been okay yeah i think so too but it was straight up just like a block of nothing and then like the end of it was like oh i guess we'll show hey you some, some more of how these games play huh right we'll get there i mean psychonauts 2 was next one that actually did have a little bit of gameplay man i fucking i don't know why I think the Jack Black thing made me not want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he, I don't think he's in the actual game. No, he is. He voices someone in the game. Does he? Oh, shit. That was yeah. just like, like the main music for it. No, Fuck. I'm pretty sure he's also the voice of... He, it said he was like the voice of like the ball of light or something. Fuck. I mean, in my show doc, I put Jack Black, psychedelic, two things that go hand in hand. Yeah, they do, but like straight up like as soon as i saw that that was the thing like i was like man i i don't want to play psychonauts 2 i think i i feel like i feel like I'd, at some point i like woke up one day and i was like man tenacious d was bad huh <laughs> and and then like i was kind of over it and now like i there like i find jack black semi-funny sometimes like i think nacho libre is a great movie and all that school of rock yeah, like those are great, but like anything Jack Black is doing now, like I refuse to watch it. I don't know why. Like I just I start seeing Jack Black and I get mad. Alright, so here's here's the deal. My only beef with School of Rock is how fucking unrealistic it is that they're able to sell out that venue at like 9 a.m. on a fucking weekday. Only be for that movie. I could do it. I wanna see you do it? Well, just, in the year like 3,000 at this point. But yeah, that's my only beef yeah. for the movie. That's what makes it literally unwatchable. Like, that is not going to happen. Yeah, man. School of Rock is a, is a movie for sure. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, Psychonauts 2 has Jack Black. Uh, Destiny 2. Um, yeah, it's, it's almost this, like Skyrim. This is, like, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> this is what I was talking about earlier when I said that 
that Xbox just fucking shit on Stadia so goddamn hard. I feel like the one yeah. thing they had going for them was like, yo, we got Destiny. And then Xbox said, fuck you, we got Destiny on Game Pass plus the expansions. And you don't have to buy it again. <laughs> Dude, straight up, straight up dunked on Stadia. I was like, damn, fucking pour one out for Stadia, RIP. And you know what threw me off? Were they saying like if you have, oh, is it Game Pass? Is it unlimited or plus or whatever the extra one is that you have like mobile and everything like that too? Um, yeah. It, most people, if if you wanted to play Destiny two, you already would have. So I don't know how many new people it's gonna bring in, but it's a smart delivery. It's knowing that okay, you can keep playing the game that you love and it's not gonna get left behind. I am just gonna say, if you want to play Destiny on your phone, you're a fucking serial killer. <laughs> There are those people. Fortnite is on your phone for crying out loud. Yeah, well, Fortnite I feel like is a lot less like I I don't know like something about Fortnite just doesn't like it, it's cartoonier. You know what I mean? Like it's like a weird battle royale. Like I don't know. Destiny sometimes like is just like it's a, like it's a nicer looking. Like I don't know. Just the, the thought of playing Destiny on. A phone just upsets me also like i don't know like i feel like yeah it should it just makes me kind of mad we'll have to try it for the pod oh god <laughs> i don't know if i could do that to myself if i'm being completely for, honest with you for the pod look dude i'll i'll do a lot of things for the pod i don't think playing destiny on my phone is one of them you can do like a riff on meatloaf so i'll do anything for love but you won't do that yeah, and when I and I say and I won't do that, it'll just be, it'll just be a cutaway shot to Destiny on my phone. <laughs> I'll download, I'll download Destiny to my phone, and I will just straight up never open it. Just leave it there. Um, yeah, that was weird. Um, mobile, but yeah, you're right. They're dunking on Stadia for this, which is fine. I mean, they got to dunk on somebody. Yeah, so why not dunk on yourself? You know. Yeah. Um, but the next, we're kind of gearing up towards the end of the showcase, but then they kind of did a block that's peculiar wording, console launch exclusive. Um, I yeah, kind of saw I that as like the Cuphead style. Yeah. Cause you know, like originally Cuphead obviously on Steam and it was exclusive on console for, uh, Xbox, of course. I think it was Game Pass actually. Yeah. Um, now it's on the Switch. So it was... I guess in retrospect a timed exclusive calling it a console launch exclusive makes me think it's exactly that only exclusive on consoles at launch so Cuphead it's gonna go towards other platforms later on yeah I agree with that and I think what what really makes me think that is that like the first thing they showed for it was Stalker 2 which has been predominantly a very PC game like Stalker Shadow Chernobyl and Stalker Call of Pripyat were all PC games, and I think I think they were actually only released on PC. So I don't see this being I, I if, out of all these games, the one I don't see permanently being only on Xbox is for sure Stalker. I mean, even then, I think it, like it's exactly the same console launch. I mean, obviously, I, I'm relating it exactly to Cuphead, where Cuphead came out on PC and console at the same time. Sure. So it's just if it's gonna be on a console, it's gonna be on Xbox. Is the way I see it. It's gonna be on PC also, but the only console you can play it on is Xbox. Um, peculiar wording, but I 
I mean, we're, the same thing. Almost every game that's on here that we're going to play, we're going to play it on PC. Yeah, like, even, even if Stalker was, like, permanently only on Xbox Series X or whatever, I I just wouldn't play it. Like, I'm not... Yeah. I, the stuff that, like, they showed that was, like, supposedly, oh, console launch exclusive is just, like, I'm not going to get a, a Series X just to play fucking those games. Yeah, there's really... There's two that I would really want to play, but not enough for me to get a Series X. Because they're on Windows, I'm going to go out of my way to play them now. Um, we'll get there. Next was Warhammer 40k Darktide. Um, yeah, it's just Vermintide, but yeah. not. Yeah, that that basically says it, all of it right there. Um, you want to play Tetris? I mean, Tetris Effect does look fucking sick, and I've wanted to play that game for a while, but I... I don't think I want to play Tetris. Not even if we're connected? Not even if we're... Yo, dude, if I want to play connected Tetris, I'll just play fucking Tetris 99. You don't want to play Human, Centis, Human Centipede Tetris Edition? No, I'll play I'll play Tetris like it was meant to be played with 99 other people. Ah, uh, I'm a purist myself. In the fucking savage elimination of, of life and limb by fucking Tetraminos. <laughs> um yeah i mean that, i guess that technically showed gameplay <laughs> yeah sure they they definitely they definitely showed the tetris um here's one that definitely showed gameplay and this is one i'm actually excited for um the gunk did you steam ever play steam world, world gunk yeah did no. you ever play steam world oh man i loved the steam world dig one and two um I played Dig on Steam and I played two on Switch. Um, they were just fun, addictive. Sure, they're little... very good. Yeah, they're 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 simple games. You can probably get through them relatively fast. Um, and I just I, I loved them. They're so simple. They're kind of Metroidvania esque as far as in presentation, but you kind of build and adapt your world. And this is kind of the 3D version of that. Um, Kind of had like a little bit of like a Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, like clean up and suck everything up kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's but twisted. That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's like spooky, spooky, uh, spooky janitorial service. Yeah, exactly. Um, and alien planets, and it's it's a lot of the games had a cool aesthetic, and I think this is one of them. Um, I I, I love Steamworld, so I'll give this a shot. I mean, I was interested enough to where I was like, I will play this on Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one game that they showed, I think that probably was one of my favorites that they showed was The Medium. Agreed, yeah. Uh, if this shit works the way that they're like it, that they're showing and saying it's going to work, this could be fucking wild. You know what I kind of saw it as, and I don't think they intended for this to be, but the answer to um, Ratchet and Clank, you know how I told, I talked about how Ratchet and Clank really shows the new generation of like non-loading screens, jumping to a whole new location and not having to wait for it and things like that. This is kind of, I guess, a different way to show that. I mean, dual world renderings at the same time is insane. Yeah, hopefully it works the way they want it to, and it doesn't just make whatever you're playing it on chug to like potato speeds and run like a jet plane. Oh yeah, I the fans in that Xbox Series X better be fucking good or else that thing is going to be 
straight up just like sit next to a jet engine. Yeah, but it, it like I said, if it's if it works the way they want it to, and I think they I think it will. That is a cool experience, and the, the way they can seamlessly flow into two different worlds that are already preloaded. That's sick. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna make like concessions to make that more of a thing. Like, I wonder if they make this like a level-based game or something. You know, like if they kind of do something to work their way around that. I would, I would assume some kind of like puzzle thing, kind of like the Shadow Temple kind of thing. Yeah, I could see that too. But yeah, I, I really, I'm really peaked on that one. Yeah, it looks, it looks super cool. Um, I'll definitely play that when it's out. I don't think they had a release date for this one. For most, I was just gonna say for most of the dates, they straight up just didn't have release dates for like yeah. anything. Like I, I feel like this game is this game is probably a ways off. I think still. I think so too. I mean, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen anything have dual world rendering at the same time. So this is probably uh, a new link venture to the for past, them. bro. At the same time. Yeah, dude. Dark World was always there. I mean, it was always there, but you can access it. So, no, not at the same time. I don't know, man. Link to the Past did it first. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's always out too, because they're kind of venturing in new territory. So they got to yeah. really refine it. Yeah, I, I hope they refine it. Like, I hope they take their time with it. One, so that way like their employees don't fucking work themselves to the bone like doing this shit. Like, Crunch fucking sucks when it comes to like yeah. games coming out and i think ultimately like if the people that are making the game suffer the game itself is going to suffer so i hope they give like, sure. the people making this game like all the time in the world they need to do it so that way they're not killing themselves over a fucking stupid video game of all things and like also so this like labor of love or whatever you want to call it is like achieved if they wanted to yeah yeah i think so um nice did fantasy star online 2 new genesis uh, hey, I've had that Chronicles game. X. I've had that game installed on my computer for a while. I played it for like <laughs> 45 minutes, thought it was really fun, then haven't touched it again. Ready to do it again? I should fire that back up at some point. Well, you're going to have more people to do it with. Uh, Crossfire I X so. came out or was announced. That's a, sh that's, that's a shooty game. Shooty, shooty. I have straight up zero interest in it. No, um, definitely not. Uh, my shooty... I got my shooty fix from Halo and this in this whole thing, so. Listen, man, my shooty fix is gonna come whenever they fucking whenever whenever that Destiny expansion comes out. Which now, by the way, I'm thinking they delayed the expansion to November. Like I get they said it was because of like COVID and everything, but like hmm, I wonder if Convenient. that expansion delay coincides around a certain launch of something. Uh, I would think so. Hmm. Um, so yeah, unsolved, unsolved mysteries got me fucking thinking, dog. This is a little bit too much right now for me. Master detective. <laughs> um, yeah, then they kind of did a montage of all the I guess, current games on Xbox One that are gonna get optimized for Series X. Um, this is my bathroom break. <laughs> that's where you kind of just took off for a sec. Yeah, when I saw I saw this well, for disclosure, Keith saw this before me. Uh, I saw this immediately after I got off of, got off of work, so he had already made notes. And when I saw this was the section coming, I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm gonna use the restroom." And then I did that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's their 
it's consumer friendly. That's kind of what I'm viewing smart delivery as. Um, saying your game's not going to get left behind. You can still play it and keep on going with it. So I guess maybe they're blurring the lines of generations. I don't know the exact aim here. I just know it's a new business plan. I don't know the exact angle they're playing, but I, like I said, I think I'm on board. Um, but like then, what, even, what even are console generations anymore, though? Like what? We went from PS4 to PS4 Pro, Xbox One to Xbox One S, the Xbox X. One X. Like everything's coming like these weird like half steps. So it's like console generations have just gotten fucking weird. So it's like I don't even know. Like, yeah, it, I, I don't view the 4 to 4 Pro as like a true generation. I just feel that's like a half step. Yeah, as kind of like a that hardware is advanced but we we're not ready for the next gen so here's just a way to kind of put something out there to get a little bit more income on this current gen yeah um, but anyway i i don't think ps4 can do smart delivery in the same way that xbox is because they don't have to <laughs> yeah true so i think that I, I see smart delivery as a good thing um again a new business plan but potentially something that could really be a game changer we'll see how it actually plays out i think it has a potential let's see if it actually happens though yeah everything has potential at the beginning that is true that is true but All then right. so uh this is what i'm gonna consider like dude straight up i uh like i knew it was coming too but when it happened like i was just straight up like yeah we boys yeah, we, we uh, boys and girls this. we got ourselves a brand new Fable! Woo! Oh, man, I wish I had the, the air horn ready for that one, but oh god, finally a new Fable game. It's been like, I want to say 10 years? It's been a very fucking long time. Oh man, and I, 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 we, we talked about Fable last week. Oh, I'm so ready for this game. I, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's far on a ways out, but I'm so ready for it. Look, Fable 3 was like the whatever game of the Fable series, but like Fable 1 and 2 are games that like I've always held very near and dear to my heart. And even if this game ends up being like shit, I will still play it. <laughs> right. And and it's crazy because I feel like the games like Halo Infinite and Fable are the ones that you can probably get away with not putting on Game Pass, and <laughs> they still fucking are. Yeah, so it, it only makes it that much better for us. Yeah, another reason for me to not buy an Xbox. Yeah, I have another reason not to, but... Is it weird that I kind of feel like Xbox is kind of doing like a pseudo-Sony... Or not Sony, Sega move, in a way? How so? Like, Sega obviously dropped out with the Dreamcast. But they're still making games, still have franchises, and still kind of going off. And I feel like Xbox is doing that but not completely dropping off the console war. Yeah, very much so. I mean, they had I don't even I don't even know if Xbox like competes much anymore cuz it's like we've been saying like everything's been transitioning to like you can get this also on PC. It's like I think they're just trying not to compete with Sony. I think right. I think they took too much of a fucking hit with uh with with this current gen that is just like maybe we just lean more towards this direction yeah i mean i mean nintendo hasn't competed and they've been successful you know kind of doing their own thing and i feel like xbox might be carving their own niche into just game accessibility um 
I mean, if you think about it, they kind of took away a console war because we don't have to go back and forth between which console we're getting. We still get to play both games as long as we get a as long as we get a PlayStation Five and we have our our PCs that we already that we already own, we can play both games. There's not really a war anymore when we can just indulge in both. You know, you don't have to choose. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, I think it's good for the industry as a whole. Um, I think it if if Sea of Thieves could be that successful, kind of on the low too, but the numbers don't lie in that sense, you might see some people want to say, hey, I kind of want to join Xbox Game Studios and really rank in off of that relationship that they can do and get our games out to more people. Um, it's a bold move, but I think it might pay off. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a cool move that that they're like leaning as hard into this as they are. I still think it's fucking weird that they're even putting out like a console at all if they're just gonna do this. But uh, you know what? Like, whatever, man. I'm, I'm glad that they. I'm glad they at least showed something. I mean, we had been we've been talking about this for weeks now that Microsoft had to. Had, to, had to do fucking something. Right. I, I wish they hadn't gone so hard with Halo Infinite because I feel like that one was definitely the one that. Well, they ha- well, he- the thing with Halo Infinite too is like we were saying about it too. They they straight up had to show some like gameplay for it. Like it's been right. too long. Like hearing they're kind of down if they do, it. down if they don't. So they might yeah. as well have. Yeah, but I-, I think they went like, oh, let's show Halo, and then they like went and here's the rest. It's like, oh, well, they like, oops, we have to show these other games too now. Uh, trailers, here you go. Yeah. Um, what I kind of think. My, I guess this is a thought I just popped up in my head was I think they kind of had to put a console out because if they were show all these games and then all of a sudden it's all on PC people would have gone ape shit over that and think of it if Halo exclusive is on PC only then you're going to have a bunch of people like I said that are never going to buy a PC that are not going to play this game <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. They have they have to appease like the, the casual. The, the casuals probably spend more money on things than we do because oh, we buy two or three dollar indie games. <laughs> um, so I think really what it did is it got it appeased the casuals in their new console and it expanded that audience beyond that to the people that would have wanted to choose back and forth and now they don't have to. I I. I think that's why i see it more as the affordable gaming pc alternative yeah that's very true i mean so that was basically everything well that's basically that was everything from xbox i just i think my final thoughts on that are um the, the messaging around the entire thing and just the messaging around this entire console launch is like really weird right but i'm glad microsoft finally crawled out of whatever fucking cave they've been hiding in for the last however long it's been and decided to show at least something i mean granted i'm a little bit disappointed that most of it was just like trailers and like these like little like quick like dev interviews like that stuff's cool i I just wanted to see more gameplay i'm glad they finally showed halo and i think this is probably the most excited i've been for a halo game in a long time yeah Um, i like i i don't put games on like my steam wish list often like like you said like if I'm gonna buy a game, it's gonna be like some 
dumb fucking indie game that I'll play at some point. That's what most of my Steam wishlist is. But when I found out that you could save it to your wishlist on Steam, I put that shit on there so goddamn fast. Yeah, exactly. And I guess my final thoughts is I really think the Series X is going to change how we looked at console generations. Um, one, because it looks like they're blurring the line between them now. Um, two, now obviously the whole last generation i guess main argument between um the two sides of playstation and xbox was like look how many ps4s are sold and it like shit on the xbox one sales now that they're kind of not relying on that it kind of takes away that argument altogether and if you look at game sales that i think that might be more where the true stat lies so yeah that's very true so i mean these are all things that we've never done before or that hasn't been done before and it's only because of this new technology and seamlessness that microsoft obviously can do having windows on their side yeah so i think they're playing to their advantage i think yeah um i think this is the most optimistic i've been about anything microsoft and xbox related for a long time now yeah um, i hope they can keep up this momentum they basically said in uh that presentation conference whatever you want to call it that they op- like they didn't show everything they had to offer so we should expect to see more down the line and i think this for the first time in a while i was like oh i actually believe they have more to show for once <laughs> yeah no kidding um we'll see i mean it seemed like they had a lot of goodwill after this um a ton of their reveals or videos were already trending on youtube um a couple hashtags were trending and they're all generally favorable so i think this is probably the first i've ever said in a long time we're saying all right let's let's see what they do i'm excited for it well shit i feel like i've been the resident microsoft hater on this podcast for like a while now and i they turned me around i like i didn't leave that thing as excited as i was obviously like for the sony right presentation but i left there being like all right there's some fucking games coming out and i left also screaming because fable was coming out so yeah fable is probably like the one like oh shit <laughs> um i'm excited i'm excited i'll leave it at that we'll see what, what comes next yeah final verdict for me also is i uh, i am on board ca- i am cautiously optimistic but nonetheless optimistic yeah i mean regardless you can still play these games so we're good Yes, very good. Well, that about wraps up the Xbox version. Should we finish up this uh, console retrospective? Yes, absolutely. So if you were here on our... Well, if you weren't here, I should say, on our last episode, what we were doing is, since this generation is essentially on its uh, its moonlight hours, you could say. And yeah, we got like console, two games to look forward to for this generation. Fucking tell me about it. And now that uh, the new console generation is on the horizon, we've been doing a retrospective of some of the games we think are important and just some of our favorite games in general from generations past. Uh, Because of some audio issues and we noticed how long we had been going, uh, we decided to split that up into two. This is going to be the second part. Uh, So if you haven't, uh, go check out that first episode. I think me and Keith were talking about this earlier. Uh, I think that has some of the... the... We like to bullshit around on this podcast a lot and, and we're pretty thing. good at it yeah we're pretty good at just saying dumb shit being idiots most of the time but i think we legit had some phenomenal discussion on there so if you haven't listened to it uh give it a listen 
because uh, you're essentially also just missing like half of what we're talking about here because we ended at the GameCube PS2 uh, Fatboy Xbox era and we're going to start this one off with uh, the PS3 360 and we also slapped uh, the Wii and the Wii U into this generation because like that's I, like, really the, all we could have done <laughs> yeah nintendo is always like a weird step before step behind on generation so you have to have like slap them in wherever you can yeah pretty much um and like i always said the xbox was the fat boy i feel like this is where playstation did the thick boy with the big ass oh. ps3 dude the ps3 was the size of a small house you know what's crazy ps5 <laughs> is gonna be the size of a little bit bigger house dude i i straight up can't believe it <laughs> but uh yeah ps3 it had some good ones it, it not as a heavy hitter as the next generation ps4 was but it had some good ones this was really the start of P- uh, playstation's kind of starting to get their lead um surprisingly because xbox did have some titles on this gen but yeah this is kind of where it started yeah i think 360 was it's speaking of xbox i think 360 was probably the strongest iteration of the xbox brand for sure for sure like I, th- I this was the one point where i think like undoubtedly xbox was straight up dunking on sony with this generation because i mean fuck i had a 360 and i didn't run out of games to play so i was like shit yeah i never ran out of games to play um that's what i'm saying surprisingly i think this is where playstation kind of started laying the groundwork for this next gen with- this is where the yes yeah, this is where the seed was planted right exactly um, so where do you want to start with this? Do you want to start off with a PS3 or a 360? Um, I'll do, let's do PS3 first. This is going to be a little bit shorter since I think you didn't experience the PS3 like I did. I think my PS3 experience is mostly at your house, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you would probably just come over and play whatever <laughs> PS3 games I had at my place. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I have three games here that I think are very important for the PS3. Uh, the first one I have is Little Big Planet. Um, I think besides just being like a cute, like a really cutesy game and fun game, like the single player being like pretty fun on its own, like a little campaign or whatever, just showing you what you could do potentially in that game. Um, obviously where it shines is like the creator tools. And I think that really, that just set the bar for like what you could, like what games in the future would do with like creator levels and stuff like that. Because at the time, right. the shit that you could do in little big planet was fucking insane. Right, yeah, and we had our few favorites, but there was always something new. Um, and I guess I'll kind of lean into how I kind of tied into where this was a game changer. Um, obviously, right now, Dreams is a big thing. Um, a growing thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, really, where I think it really did more for was Super Mario Maker. Oh, absolutely. I think little big plan i think super mario maker exists because something like little big planet did so well yeah and it's cool because it kind of it made it its own thing you know um but the, uh, little big planet was really the first that i can recall where you can almost kind of make whatever you wanted or whatever kind of style of side scroll you wanted and they really stepped it up in little big planet too where it kind of got away like you could make like some non-side scroller levels and like, you could make like shoot 'em ups you could do some crazy shit a little bit right too. right and i think i think they kind of they dropped the ball with three a little bit or as it wasn't as received in the same light um but at the time we spent a lot of time on little big planet yeah we we, we played a lot of fucking little big planet 
we, we had a whole parody Twitter account for our friend Jared because of Little Big Planet. Yeah, shout out to Jared and the an RIP to the shit Jared says Twitter account. If you go back, it's probably still there somewhere on the internet. I forgot all the login information, so it's, it's it just remains as like a memorial to times that once. It was basically the shit he'd say when we played Little Big Planet. I think. Yeah, it's that was a thousand percent what it was. Oh, so good, so good. Um, yeah, the next one that you listed is one that I just jumped on. So yeah, that this is my PS3 experience <laughs> seven years later. Yeah. Uh, so the next game I had on here for PS3 was uh, The Last of Us. Uh, we talked about. We talked about this game a lot in uh, our Last of Us, yeah. at our Last of Us spoiler cast, and even the the non spoiler episode we did talking about Last of Us, the Last of Us Two. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much more about it because this is a shameless promo plug. Go listen to those other episodes. Um, hey, but yeah, I I don't think you could have a conversation about influential games on the PS3 and not mention this one. Now that I played it, it is literally impossible to not mention it. Um, I like I said, I'm a new fan of this franchise, but I feel like I'm making up for lost time. I'm just looking into so many things about it that most people probably knew at this point. Um, like it, it really impacted me as a huge level. Um, have you been listening to the Last of Us podcast series that they put out? I have not it's really cool i mean it's mostly like uh behind the scenes like how they did developmental sides and the way they explained the difficult choices that they made and things like that um really cool kind of behind the curtains look at this game and the way they approached everything um and i, I think i'm listening to that just because like, i love this franchise now and i want more and i can only imagine how agonizing that seven year wait was when i got to not have to go through that yeah uh for someone who played the first last of us when it initially came out and then between like the announce of last of us 2 like it was it was it was certainly a long period of time yeah but we don't have to go into this at crazy lengths i'll just say i love this franchise and i want you to go back and listen to those episodes if you missed them so thank you listener for doing that and one one last thing i will say about last of us is for most people that know me they know i'm generally like a person that like like exaggerates a little bit when it comes to things that i like um i think i can say like truthfully without question that last of us is probably one of the best games ever made i think so i I would i would i would say so i mean it was a game changer as far as narrative and and action games yeah um not really much else to say about it go listen to those other podcasts you want to hear yeah. us uh really get into the fucking nitty-gritty of last of us but yeah uh really could not talk about the ps3 without at least mentioning last of us yeah it's impossible um and the last game i have on here for ps3 it's a bit of a personal favorite of mine but i think this is definitely one that like changed the landscape of video games <laughs> After the one that's out. referred to any chance it's given to, like they can yeah it's a game that spawned an entire subgenre of game uh so yeah i have dark souls on here uh, yeah i see it this game is the reason why difficult video games are coming out it's the reason why video games are putting in like very deliberate like combat mechanics into their games like fucking 
the Dark Souls influence made it all the way to fucking Star Wars. Like, yeah, <laughs> see no more. Like, if you got Star Wars looking at your game and being like, we can ah, do something yeah, like that. We should we should put something like that in there. Then you've got you've got you some something. influence. Yeah, um, I don't really have much to say about it besides that. Like, if it wasn't like Dark Souls brought out the masochists in a lot of people. Yeah, it did. So it's like, man, like. And it's funny like i don't i'm not a person that likes hard games for the most part like i like a good challenge and like demon souls gave me challenge but they like refined it in dark souls and man i've never had such a good time just being so fucking pissed at a game before <laughs> God, I can't believe the stuff I'd put myself through playing that game. And I remember when you got me Dark Souls 3 for my birthday, I was, like, so stoked. And at the same time, I was like, fuck you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> getting someone, to, like, a Dark Souls game is basically just a, a, subtle, a subtle way of saying, here, I don't I don't like you that much. Here yeah, it's go. basically, here, fuck you. Yeah, but... And you're gonna like it. Yeah, it's it's crazy how Dark Souls was like a very was like a Sony exclusive thing for a while too. Like between like Demon Souls was exclusively on PS3, and then they started branching out more when it became to Dark Souls. So it's one of those games where I associate the franchise with Sony. Yeah, because that's where I played it. I think the majority of people probably associate it with Sony. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, I I don't really have much to say about it that like. This is one of those games where, like, if it spawns its own subgenre and it can, if it can make it to something as mainstream as like putting your mechanics into a fucking Star Wars game, then I think you have you have done a thing. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a genre split off with like using the name of the game since like Metroidvanias and the way Dark Souls has. Yeah, Soul Souls like is the new Metroidvania. Yeah, I, I go so far as to say that. Um, there's, there's there's a couple more PS3, but I think those are kind of really kind of hits every corner of the console um because obviously yeah, you had to do kill zones and things like that but yeah these were more I, defining I, think, I, I don't think yeah i don't think kill zone like well i love the kill zone franchise and i i feel like the later games kind of like got away from what made kill zone like a good franchise like, yeah. i didn't even i didn't even play that most recent one that like launched with the ps4 i think but um yeah, the three I mentioned, I think, were pretty huge. And probably some of the most fun I had on the PS3. Yeah, um, definitely. And meanwhile, I was on the other side of things. <laughs> um, yeah, tell me tell me how things were in 360 land. Well, originally, I got my 360 because I had a friend that... Well, I had my brothers, but then he moved out at the time because he decided to have a life. And How dare he? Yeah, fuck him. Um... So then I bought a friend's 360, and they had Crackdown on it, and I was like, oh, I'd play this game, and I fucking loved it. I had so much fun playing Crackdown. Uh, most people got it because it had the Halo 3 demo on it. Um, I just kind of happened to stumble into it, and I thought it was so fun. Um, just seeing your, like, basically Super Soldier, and seeing, like, how much... Basically, what I really want to do is try to jump as high as I could, so that's kind of what I, like, mainly did, just scaling things and just having fun it was basically like my spider-man um two experience all over again but with a really fun and entertaining um kind of meta 
gameplay with the way you had a commentator telling you like everything you do and i remember being stoked for cracked on tuesday and, okay cool i can play this with the friends and then just not caring for it when it actually came out <laughs> yeah i it's it, i think it's one of those things where it started off strong out of the gate i think with the first crackdown and you know it, granted it's like a grand theft auto adjacent game i think yeah. i would say but it was it was doing like something different at the time but i obviously did keep up that momentum because like crackdown 2 like you said was like pretty whatever and then crackdown 3 was just <laughs> fucking yeah bad yeah and i remember when i first beat crackdown being so stoked like in that like sense of accomplishment and then all of a sudden the narrator like shifts into like this like dark voice like he was a bad guy the whole time and i was like what the fuck was this and the game just ends i'm thinking what the what what, what the fuck like you're not gonna do anything with that so thinking okay cool that's what they're going with too and when I picked up two, that's not where they picked up off of. So I was kind of like, oh, that, that was what had me hooked. And you, you didn't, you lost me. I don't yeah. know if the game ended up going that route or not. Cause I didn't finish it, but it didn't pick up on it. So I didn't care. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah. But I had a lot of fun with the first crackdown though. Um, Halo three, that, that was my halo game. Um, and reach i will say but halo 3 was where i had more friends playing on um along with odst i guess with um with, with their horde mode survival four hour long achievement that we all did painfully um but such a strong community i had a lot of fun that's where i really learned okay the, the br basics and competitive and had all those late nights playing all the the creative games and forge games and things like that um fun fact i was playing halo 3 when michael jackson died oh wow yeah and i remember because i checked i think that's right when i got on twitter and i remember i checked i refreshed and i saw that i was like holy shit michael jackson died and i said it and everyone's like no dude no shut the fuck up and then like 10 minutes later one of our friends oh shit he wasn't lying <laughs> <laughs> so and then like we we're in a random I don't know how, but we found some randoms that wanted to play some some private games. So we were playing there with like a like an infection kind of game, and every single person was like, "What the fuck?" And like all these random people from out of nowhere, um, were like kind of like, "Oh shit, he's really gone," and it just became a defining moment that I was associated with Halo Three. But it sticks out because that's how much time I spent on the game. Yeah, as as much as I think that like reach is like the better playing halo game like i i think that halo, halo 3 was probably like like it's it's the one that i think i associate with 360 yeah it, it, it's the one that i associate because it came out the longest it had the most time on there and i mean as far as i know it's still being played uh i know they just kind of put that and reach on steam and they wouldn't do that if there wasn't a demand for it, you know if it wasn't popular yeah, it's so easy to pick up the Master Chief collection now. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's right. even like a new audience for Halo Three now that I just like didn't have before. Yeah, and I just think there was such a strong sense of community in that game that hasn't been there for Halo since. And I don't, and I hope is there for Infinite. I don't know if it is, but I hope it is. But yeah, fond memories with that one. Um, Gears Two and Three. Uh, I know Gears One was a kind of a I guess it, it was a heavy hater when it came out, but I really had more fun with two and three, to be honest. Um, 
they were they were different at this time. You, that's when we actually you do see a lot of people kind of copying as third person mechanics. Oh yeah, and like I think didn't was Horde mode a Halo thing or was that a Gears thing first? I think it was a Gears thing first. I think it was yeah. Gears, Gears two specifically. And then everybody started doing fucking Horde mode after that. Right, even Call of Duty with zombies. Even Halo. Yeah, even Halo. Yeah, right. It, they started that with ODST and kept that up being a staple. Um, so yeah, I'd say yeah, Gears game changer in that sense had a new game mode because um, Horde was basically the previous version of Battle Royale now where everybody did it after one person did um, kind of all that wall bouncing um, the freaking chainsaw all of that stuff it, it brought dismemberment into mainstream <laughs> yeah it made it made chainsaw guns cool yeah so I really love those. Um, I know this can kind of go both ways, uh, but I put Modern Warfare two and three just because I played those mainly on Xbox. But really, you can play on any either of the two, and probably had similar stories and similar memories with those games. Yeah, yeah. like I definitely associate Modern Warfare more with like PlayStation, but again, that's like that's where I played it on. So yeah, and I think the cool thing was that if you went from one to the other. You, you're immediately better than everyone else on that platform because for some reason there's just different trends of where people like would camp and hide and all their tendencies to do so i'd go from xbox to playing out of friends on some playstation and be like holy shit this is so easy and then i go vice versa and go back and be like holy shit this is so easy <laughs> for some reason <laughs> each console had different tendencies amongst its player base yeah times were different then and like just going back to speak on gears real quick like it's crazy that I think the one franchise that always just eluded me was Gears. Like I, something about it, I just, I was like, ah, I, I don't care. One, two, and three were so cool, and then they kept going, and I have no fucking clue. Um, I didn't care for Judgment Day because I just didn't care for Barrett as a character. Um, Barrett from Final Fantasy VII is in Gears. Yes, he is. All right, I'm playing um, Gears now. I don't remember a single thing about four. I don't even think I played it. Um, and I'm, I know 5 was probably the most like I guess before this probably the most hyped Xbox release um, I know they added Dave Batista and actually they put the Batista bomb in the game so yeah best game ever I, I haven't played what it but the I know it's a fuck yeah like it's straight up in the game like you grab the freaking um, like whoever's on the other team and like you just straight put them between the legs put them up and powerbomb them best game ever it doesn't matter if I ever played it it's the best game ever yeah that, that tracks with me honestly yeah um <laughs> when i put this in the show doc you're like what the fuck and i put uno oh yeah i still can't believe this is in here yo uno on 360 if you know you know <laughs> the most that was the pinnacle way to play the digital uno especially if you had the camera you saw some shit let me tell you uh, i am i'm equal parts confused and terrified there was one time I was playing with my friend Eddie and someone showed up and it was just a guy and a girl just laying naked like stomach to stomach not doing anything they were just laying naked and we're like what the fuck and they looked at us like what you don't want to play Uno like fuck it so we did yeah I, I don't remember the outcome but I remember that specific thing and holy shit what the fuck's up with Uno and um it was what we would do is every time we play Modern Warfare or Halo and kind of like I need something just to do some random bullshit and one wind. It was Uno. Um, 
and so are you telling me that uno was the omegle of the xbox 360 i mean yeah essentially <laughs> um there's a little bit of peggle too because that, that was when like xbox arcade was a huge thing um but fucking uno was where was that late night on xbox live um i remember during that gen they kind of did a couple other things i didn't list these in the show doc but they kind of did like some limited events like they did one versus 100 um where you had your avatars all lined up and basically if you were the last one you'd win a prize and it never was because they were fucking hard um so that's some cool like little event games like that that not many people remember and i don't think will ever come back in gaming um so i spent a lot of time on 360 doing all these things you know had a lot of it and kind of those various kind of limited games that they had for a while yeah i'm glad that you had uh some uno. experiences with uno yeah let me tell you there's nothing better than stacking plus fours on your motherfuckers i mean that's just cathartic even if you're not playing virtual uno yeah but that's where i learned that rule so fuck yeah <laughs> Um, so for my 360 games, I only have two because I definitely lean more into the PS3 side of things. Um, right. we talked about this earlier, but I think Viva Pinata was like a big game for me. I played the shit out of Viva Pinata. Everybody that played Viva Pinata played the shit out of it. <laughs> I don't know one yeah, person that great. said I didn't really play it too much. It was a great fucking game. It's perfect. Uh, that, that was a masterpiece. That's a one to one recreation of Last of Us Two. I wish, <laughs> fuck, I wish, <laughs> I forgot that that was the bit. Uh, I wish that they had put Rare Replay on PC. Yeah, and now I want it on there because I don't. Like, I'm I'm not gonna get like an Xbox one s or like one x or anything like I'm, I'm not i'm straight up not and it's just like fuck i want to play viva pinata so fucking bad i remember for a while i was kind of gonna bring up on the pod i never did saying is now the time to get an xbox one x when they dropped to 200 bucks in price and maybe if you can't afford the series x yes because you can still play the games for a while um but if you don't have to we've already got the gaming pc no you don't have to do it <laughs> um which is why I want fucking Rare Replay on the PC because I don't have an Xbox anymore. And I want to play Viva Piñata and Conquer because as we mentioned last week, that was a defining game for me. Yeah, Conquer, legendary game for Keith. Yeah, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, Viva Piñata, I don't know a single person that played that game and didn't love the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty universal. It's just like, oh, you played Viva Pinata, that means you probably liked it. Yeah, as weird as it was, because I mean, if you ask anybody if they thought they would like the Viva Pinata game, no. <laughs> Dude, straight up, when I saw that game, I was like, this looks like the dumbest shit in the entire world. And then, I, I, I think this is when you could still like rent games. I think that's how you initially got yeah. it. Like when I initially got it, I played it, and I was like, this is the best fucking game I've ever played. Yeah, and it was based. Did you ever see the Viva Pinata show either? No, because that that looked like a nightmare. It was. Holy shit. Like, I think that unintentionally spawned, like, the Five Nights at Freddy's. Yo, the pinata's fuck. Can we get that out of the way? The pinata's fuck. 
They fuck. They fuck. Yeah, the, the pinatas fuck. I mean, that was a crazy thing. It was a game based off a show, and it was good. Was the game based off the show, or was the show based off the game? No, the, ga the game was based off the show. Oh, weird. Because I remember Viva Pinata, I think it was on the Fox box, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, you're saying names I haven't heard in fucking... <laughs> it seems like yeah. a thousand years. Let me tell you. I've been some places. Yeah, Not with pinatas, though. Not with pinatas. I will disclose that. Okay. I want it to be known here on this podcast Keith fucks pinatas. The pinatas fuck, okay? And apparently so do you, Keith. Good well, job. anyway. Proud of you. Yeah. Uh, so the last part of this uh, console section, of console generation section, is the Wii and the Wii U. Um, I only put two games here that were kind of like envelop this category between the two. Uh, the first one I have is yeah. Mario Galaxy. Uh, I think this is probably one of like the better like 3D Mario games that had come out at that time for a while. Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't have much to say about it. It's just it's just a good game. I think the planet thing was like a lot of fun, like fucking around with like the gravity and all that shit was cool. Yeah. There were some cool ideas there. Uh, and the other game I have down here is Splatoon. I think that first Splatoon was like, like the idea of that game is fucking crazy. I think it's just like, oh yeah, you paint the fucking you paint shit. Like, I, I love how they based a, like a game that has shooting around the concept of like, oh, you're not actually supposed to shoot anybody. Yeah, you don't shoot anybody else. You just shoot the fucking floor. It's. Did you ever play Graffiti on Tony Hawk? Yeah, here's the game of it. And like it's that's like the most Nintendo ass shit. Like, oh, yeah. here's the shooting game where you don't actually shoot the people. I'm just like, damn, they fuck, they fucking did it, huh? Yeah, and not only that, but I mean, it was successful. It's got the sequel on the Switch. It's got it's in Smash. Um, they launched the new IP. Yeah, I, I base a Nintendo franchise's uh, strength based on their Smash representation now. So, right, right. Which means Fire Emblem is the most successful Nintendo franchise of all time. You know. I wouldn't be surprised if we went that route. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Splatoon. Uh, fun game. Fun, fun, fun game. Yeah, fun game. Uh, they definitely enhanced it with Splatoon 2. Uh, but right, I yeah. think I think Splatoon 1 is a solid game. Right. And then I know this is not a console game, so to speak. But I do think it's important to be mentioned during this time because I actually I view it as one of the most important games of all time. But Minecraft came out during this period. I, I was like, if he says fucking Minesweeper, I swear to God. Oh shit! So I can only imagine your like first then, reaction. The second I heard mine, I was like, my something clicked in my switch. The switch went off in my brain, and I was like, I'm gonna drive to Keith's house right now and just yeah. I could have just shit spoke the fuck out of here right now and i didn't fuck that was a missed opportunity but i okay i back on track i think minecraft is one of the most important games of all time to be honest i kind of actually view it as game of the decade um from the 2010s yeah minecraft minecraft at the time it came out what i, I feel like like granted they're like different sizes of games based on like how popular they got but i think minecraft then was like fortnite a couple of years ago Right, and I don't think Fortnite could have existed without Minecraft. Yes, they're different games, but Minecraft changed that whole, like, going for the realistic look of things. It made it simple. 
it made it to where there's a different aesthetic and you don't have to be hyper realistic anymore like every game tried to be at that time now you're looking back they just look muddy as shit Yo, minecraft was, still looks same if it wasn't for minecraft i wouldn't be playing no man's sky for hours every night for sure right yeah you have games like that dragon quest builders and different even i would say maybe to an extent like arc and things like that um to where like the base building aspect of it um and survival um say like subnautica and things like that as well too it all stemmed from that it was one of the first pc games that really bridged the gap between going on to consoles yeah um, uh minecraft was a fucking huge game it's still a huge it, game it still like, is it still is and it's and it's expanding there's got netflix series they just have dungeons now um it still is um, granted, it's not the same people running it. Notch kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Mojang stepped away from oh, Minecraft. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I feel like it had to be mentioned because it that was the time period it came out. I remember myself and uh, Colton, my white, my designated white person, who would always <laughs> always do the most sketchy shit together. We found out that the only way to install new stuff in Eastwoods, um, in our high school's like server, is through the printer folder. So that's where we like stashed Minecraft and a couple computers in the library <laughs> and just ran it all through there. And what the actual fuck was your high school experience? Different from yours, I'll say that much. Yeah, very <laughs> much so. Oh man, we only about two graduating classes apart. Yeah, I, I played Minecraft at home like an adult. I played Minecraft at school like a fucking hacker. Jesus fuck. Christ. and then they put it on console and i was like oh so this is the best shit ever and we'd stay up Ooh, i mean how many times do you think you stayed up playing minecraft till the sun came up the next day oh uh, i did that more times than i think i'd be willing to admit on something that is uh recorded and on the internet right and it was primarily adults and then it broke into the kids marketplace and then just took over the world um yeah, I, I view Minecraft as game of the decade, so I had to mention it, even though it wasn't necessarily a console release. Yeah, I, I had to mention it. Yeah, I. Damn, you got me wanting to fucking re-download Minecraft. I don't remember like my old Java login information, but I think I might just spend the money and buy yeah. Minecraft. I just recovered my account. Let's fucking do this. Do you have the Java version or the Windows version? I think I have Java. Because I was gonna buy the Windows version. We can still play, can't we? I don't think so. Well. I think I have Java because it's literally the same account that I had from back then. Oh yeah, that's probably the Java version. But whatever. Uh, yeah, Minecraft. Minecraft is sick. Yeah. Fuck, I want to play Minecraft. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um. So yeah, that basically covers uh that whole era of the console generation. Our high yeah. school years, essentially. Yeah. It's essentially that that covers us being in high school for <laughs> for that section of the podcast, and then. Uh, we're going to move on to uh, the current generation. The uh, never-ending one, it seemed like. Yeah, for real. Uh, so that's going to be PS4, Xbox One, and we put Switch in here because the Switch is like, came out the middle of it. It's the so only it's place like, it can go. Yeah, so it's like, we had to talk about Switch somewhere, so we'll talk about Switch here. And I know these are like relatively new games in, this, in like the grand scheme of things, but um, we've put some titles on here that one, like some of them are just like our personal favorites and I think some of them have uh, definitely changed the way that like video games are probably going to go in the future right um, 
Let me start off with uh, with PS4. Uh, I put God of War on here. Uh, so for clarity, we we both have two entries for uh, PS4, and one of them for the both of us overlaps. But so we'll talk about that one. But <laughs> um, I put God of War on here. Um, I I think this game's important because it took what was like a very like button smashy like franchise. Granted, this one still is that, but it's less that at the same time. Right. Uh, I think it's important because they took a franchise that is very much. I think people see it as a certain way, and I definitely like see saw God of War as like like if you say God of War to people that know games, they know what that game looks like. They know how that game plays. Yeah, and it, it used to be very much a sign of its time. And I, oh, absolutely. And when God of War was announced, I, I myself, and I wonder if a lot of people included were thinking, uh, "Can this work?" Like, I, I thought we moved past this kind of style of gameplay from the last gen. And... I mean, even as someone who legitimately loves those old God of War games, when they first announced it, I was like, "This could be cool." But I don't know if I want to play another one of those. Right, yeah. But then the game came out. <laughs> yeah, then the game came out, and then I played it, and it subverted my expectations. I think everybody's, to yeah, be honest. In the best way possible. Like, it's like a pseudo open world. There's more puzzle mechanics. Dad they, of War. Yeah, they made Kratos into, like, they, they turned him from this big, stupid ball of, like, God kill, like, a comical ball of God killing anger. Like, by the time God of War 3 came out, like, it was straight up ridiculous. Like, just how pissed Kratos was at, like, straight right. up, at, like, everything. Like, so, like, you know how people, like, see the Saw movies for the kills? Yeah. I was playing God of War half the time. I was like, oh, I want to see how the, how Kratos fucks this dude up. Yeah. Like, it got to that point, which, like, it, like, that game became, like, this weird, like, caricature and parody of itself, which I think was, like... It was kind of cool to see but like it was fine for its time yeah and when it when they first announced it i was like man that's really cool but again it's like i don't i don't know if i want to play a game like that and then i saw how it looked i was like damn that's a really beautiful looking game i yeah. still think i'm gonna play it just yeah i'll give it a shot and then actually playing it and experiencing that game like how it is like that like the over the shoulder like view how like the combat flows differently how like there's more puzzles like the world and like I, I i do think the best thing about it though is they turn kratos from the angry meatbag to like a sympathetic character like he has that's still a meatbag yeah he's still a meatbag but he has like like likable qualities now <laughs> he's not just like an yeah. angry dude um i think the kid in the game is like an annoying little shit and there's like a part in the game where uh, we're past the actual limitations on God of War, so yeah. there's a there's a part in the game where it's like midway through, three quarters of the way through, where like the kid gets like mad at Kratos for something, so he just becomes like a little shit for like a good portion of the game. Like he's like he becomes the angsty like acting out kid. Yeah. Like hearing him talk, he, like he goes from like oh yeah, he'll be to like he'll kill something, he'll just be like ugh whatever, and I'm just like like shut the fuck up. I'm like I'm like bro, I will reach through this screen and just smack you. Don't. <laughs> don't fucking start with me so like things like that i find like annoying but i think the way that they like humanized kratos in a way is really fucking cool also one time i played that game with like really nice headphones on because i didn't want to wake up everybody in my house and that fucking big the world serpent 
like, <laughs> like roaring in my ears with those headphones was straight up the scariest thing I've heard my entire life. It shook my brain. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, I put Spider-Man on here because it's fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I don't think there's been a Spider-Man game that good since Spider-Man 2. Yeah, and it's cool because it took spider-man in a direction that has been done in comics but hasn't really been done in media and like movies and tv shows before where he's he's already been spider-man for a while you're past the uncle ben um thank even, god yeah like even mcu like you're past uncle ben but he's still barely becoming spider-man this one he's he's older he's been he's he's been around the block he's already experienced all of the gwen and the mary janes and things like that um the rockiness is there in his life so you're kind of you're picking up off of what you already know and then diving right into what really kind of had later entries into Spider-Man characters like Mr. Negative and things like that. Um, it was a game that I was mostly looking forward to. That was actually why I got the PS4 so I could have it by the time Spider-Man comes out. And by the time it came out, I mean, it's still being played. People are still submitting all their port their photo modes and Every, every, almost every game has a photo mode, but I don't think anything is more fitting than Spider-Man because he was a fucking photographer. Yeah, if there's a game that a photo mode makes sense in, it's a Spider-Man game. Yeah, and they've done such a good job with it, and yeah, of course, Spider-Man games have a ton of fetch quests, but they're, for some reason on there, they just they don't get repetitive because swinging is just so fun. Well, here's the thing about, like, fetch quests in a Spider-Man game. I think it very, like, if, if fetch quests fit a character more i don't think it's more than your friendly neighborhood spider-man right I mean, like that's his whole f that's his whole thing yeah and i love that they kind of did callbacks to like the old ones like the kid that loses his balloon and things like that um it's if, if you're a fan of spider-man you you'd love the game it's that simple and i don't think i've heard a single person that wasn't a fan of this kind of style of game that said no it disappointed me I don't think in general I just heard someone who didn't like this new Spider-Man yeah. game. Yeah, we'll go that far too. Um, I mean, it really makes you feel like you're Spider-Man. Get the fuck out, dude. Just, <laughs> just leave. Get out. Oh, at least I didn't say it's a one-to-one -one, uh, recreation of Last of Us 2. Or no, The Last of Us 2 is a one-to-one -one recreation. Which it is, but I didn't say it. Speaking of... hey yo, transition... Yeah, so uh, me and Keith both put this down for our influential, important PS4 games. Um, if you haven't already listened to our spoiler cast on it, if you haven't, uh, if you've played it, if you haven't played it, listen to the episode where you basically danced around. Like, it's so crazy how difficult it was to talk about that game without yeah. giving anything away. Uh, but yeah, we both put down The Last of Us 2. Um, we're not going to say much more on it because, again, listen to those other episodes. We really, like, went in on it. But We basically got four hours of this game already out there. Yeah, and all I'll say about it again is, wow, dude, what a fucking game. Like, I have my issues with it. It's been well known. Like, I have my issues with, like, the pacing and certain elements of right. that game. But I think overall, just... I, it's, I, I, it's grown on me since our last discussion. Yeah, I, I think now, especially now that I've had time to like, especially now that I've had time to sit with it a little bit more, like, yeah, I've I've talked to other people about it, and I just go away thinking like, wow, dude, what a fucking game. Yeah, exactly. So, Last of Us Two, um, I think it's gonna do the same thing that the first Last of Us did. It's gonna set the new bar of narrative in these kind of 
action I guess platformer games too in a sense because I think more than the first and last of us two had platforming perspective like sections and things like that yeah so, I think this one leads more into like the action though because like if I think action yeah. platform I'm thinking like fucking Uncharted or some shit right which even then Uncharted 4 we didn't even mention that and that was a big one for PS4 um so last of us two I think it changed really what's possible narratives in games yeah uh the story of that game fucking really goes some places uh it doesn't always stick the landing i think but when it does holy shit like i i it has I, I don't really like when i when i stop when like a game is done i'm usually like oh yeah that's good that was a good game i enjoyed that yeah I legitimately just sat on my couch staring at my TV just going like, wow, after I had finished it. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this franchise stuck with me. And that I don't think that would have been possible without The Last of Us 2. Obviously, the first one stuck with a lot of people. But for me, the second one's really what made the whole thing. The, both games as a pair kind of just stick with me. Yeah, great game. Play The Last of Us 2. Oh, yeah. Go out of your way to play it and then listen to our episodes. Um... So next, uh, we're kind of winding down here a little bit. Yeah, this is going to be quick. Yeah, this is probably going to be the quickest section out of all of them. Uh, this is for Xbox One, and man, we we both had a hard time trying to think. I was I don't even know what fucking came out for this thing. If I'm being completely honest with you, since uh, this was obviously the dark period of the Xbox's life cycle uh, of Xbox as like a as like a, like a franchise. I mean, like. I could not think of anything that stood out to me out of the Xbox One generation other than Rare Replay. Rare Replay was the sickest shit. It's probably the only way you can legally play Viva Pinata unless you have the original copy. Well, it's like um, that. It had like, well, it had like Perfect Dark. It had Perfect Dark, uh, Banjo Kazooie, and Tui. I think Jet um, Force Gemini was on there, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Shit, even had fucking like ancient rare games that, that harken back to like NES era and things like that. Like old yeah. fucking games. Pretty much everything that you'd want that wasn't Nintendo six, uh, 64. Um, what the fuck was it called? Uh, Donkey Kong. Holy shit, why was that so hard to do? <laughs> I think I had a like, cameo. Oh, um, yeah, dude, cameo. I loved that game. Grabbed by the ghoulies. Let me go, let me go through and see the actual. Uh, yeah, while, you're, while you're looking that up, yeah, I, it, was th- it was thirty games for thirty bucks, essentially. Yeah, one that's like that's like an incredible deal. Yeah, uh, in terms of games, just like I think I think it, what really bums me out the most out of all of it is that's the only thing I can think of that like came out for Xbox One that I really gave a shit about. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because it, it definitely was. I mean. Sea of Thieves only in the sense that it wasn't the game changer game but it did bring us the return of Rare under its new home I guess you could say um, well I was I initially was going to put Killer Instinct on there but I don't I don't even think that that was impactful enough for me to like put it on a list of like no, games I don't like, think so like I had fun playing Killer Instinct and like you know what the last one, one of the last games I fucking played on my Xbox One was Call of Duty Ghosts holy shit <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a while back um yeah i mean other than other than rare replay i really gotta think see if these is probably the only thing that came out from xbox that was kind of not a game changer but a staple i guess you could say because i mean 15 million people is a lot of people um 
I, I see it more as the return of I see it more as it's more monumental to me not because of the game that it is but because it's the return of rare and the possibilities that can come from that yeah I would really like to see the amount of players that play Sea of Thieves on PC as opposed to the ones that play it like on same here. console same here that might be like the first hint of what was to come for this next generation I guess yeah I don't know rare replay is cool but like this was really the generation where Microsoft drops the fucking ball. Yeah, and I and I think part of it was they I know, they noticed that and really kind of geared up with this current new business plan for that we talked about for this gen coming up. We'll see. Yeah. That, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll see. Time, time will tell. I mean, I, I'm optimistic for for Microsoft's future, yeah. but they can definitely fuck it up. So they can fuck it up because they are also setting the pace for how this could be done. So. If they're not really good with it, you'll probably never see this done ever again. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, kind of wrapping things up, like I said, we kind of threw the Switch on here, um, which that's a trendsetter on its own. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially now in pandemic and quarantine situation, I think like you can't even find a fucking Switch anywhere anymore. The Switch is basically what started this podcast, if you really think about it. That is true. Because that was kind of where it's like, oh shit, everyone's everyone's got the same console? This hasn't happened in a long time. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you, Nintendo, for uh, yeah. for giving us something to do every week. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think... I'm, if I'm going to be real, I think the Switch is my favorite console that's been out in a long fucking time. Oh, for sure. Um, I kind of died off from games for a while until really the Switch kind of came back up again. Because I knew, I, I, you just you had that feeling that this was different, that this was special, and that Nintendo was really onto something here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Switch stan. Uh, oh yeah. The first game that I have on here that I think is influential, especially like seeing the impact it had during quarantine, because it launched at the fucking yeah. perfect time, is uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Yeah, for sure. Like, this is the game, like, like I hate calling it, like, a casual game, because you can definitely take Animal Crossing way too fucking seriously, and a lot of people do. Yeah. But I think this is the, the defining, quote-unquote, casual game, because, like, I'm obviously not going hard on Animal Crossing like I used to. I play it, like, once, twice a week now, and now that you mention it, I think once we're done with this podcast, while I edit, I'm going to pick weeds and shit. But, um, yeah, I... I think people are going to be talking about Animal Crossing for a long time, even if like the game itself kind of falls off. I think they're going to be seeing like a lot of Animal Crossing influence in a lot of like these more like casual-ish like life sim games that are coming out. Everyone's going to be talking about when quarantine hit and everybody played Animal Crossing. That's going to be a memory that's going to stand the test of time. Yeah, I uh, the the first week of like the nationwide lockdown, it was everything like every social media timeline every conversation was 100 percent animal crossing yeah without a doubt um so yeah i would say game changer because it, it was probably one of the first time i brought like people from all aspects of life and gaming to agree on something yeah and and people are agreeing that uh tom nook is a fuck and that and that animal crossing is the shit in that order uh, the other game that I have on here is one that I was playing literally moments before we started recording, 
or getting ready to record this, I should say, is uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, this is one of the games that I think does story really well, and in addition to doing gameplay really well. Right. I know that, like, I don't know if you can't really call it like RTS. It's not real time. So it's, it's like does strategy games well. Like, I play a lot of RPGs, but for some reason, I I don't find myself having the patience for strategy games. Like, I like Civ a lot, but you can play Civ in a lot of different ways. Like, yeah, you can you can do the conquest thing, or you can do like science victories you can do economic victories you can do cultural victories you can do religious victories like you can change it up a bit like you, you don't have to play every two games of civ the same mm-hmm. when you play something like fire emblem the goal of the game is you got to kill all these other dudes and you got to do it while you're in this anime ass storyline and i think it does that really well like there's definitely some like corny moments in the story and the dialogue doesn't always hit but i think for the most part it's a game that's done really fucking well. Uh, I'm still on my second playthrough because I forgot that this game, that the game is long as shit. Uh, but granted, there's you can play through the game four times to see everything, and it's the only game where I can say yeah. Like besides Persona Five, that I'm like yeah, I will absolutely play this game two other times when I'm done with this playthrough, just so I can see the story from all perspectives. Right. Uh, and we, we've kind of, we've, I, know, I know you've already gone into it too with the, your side quest on that. So definitely, if you haven't, go check that out as well too, because that's a, that's a quarantine game for sure. Yeah, it'll take up a lot of time. Yeah, if if you are not, if you are looking for something to do and looking for a way to kill a lot of time, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is certainly a game that will do that for you. Yep. So there's that one. Um, on my end, I got two exclusive. One that's not one, just one I associate with the Switch because that's where I played it. Um, starting off, we'll go chronologically, I guess. Um, Breath of the Wild. Holy shit, Breath of the Wild. The game that launched the Switch. Yeah, essentially, that, that was probably the biggest thing that led to the Switch's inevitable success. The most massive Zelda game that changed Zelda, really, uh, or brought it back to its roots. It changed it and brought it back at the same time. Um, in the sense that you can just go up, pick up, and do whatever you need to do in whatever order you want to, and figure it out yourself. Um, I can't really say enough good things about Breath of the Wild. I'm excited for the sequel. I'm hoping that they kind of go the Majora's Mask route by not trying to just top it. They do something different. Yeah, that would be something cool to see. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed Breath of the Wild a lot. This is another one of those games where like it definitely has... It, it has some faults it's not like a perfect game by any means especially when you bring the dlc into it that right. that adds virtually nothing to the game uh besides like some new things you can do like 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 breath of the wild is a great game the dlc was cool but like i don't i don't care about a fucking motorcycle like i, I really don't No, that was not my selling point but there's like there was i haven't had that feeling of like wonder in a while like when i first like when you first leave that plateau at the beginning and you see how big Hyrule is you're like oh shit yeah and just kind of knowing like alright head off in this direction the rest is on you yeah uh, that, that that much freedom is definitely like an intimidating thing I think but I I think Breath of the Wild handles it really well like it handle it's weird how a game that lets you do whatever the fuck you want has no issues with pacing because you can kind of make your own pace 
and right and and you get yourself get distracted and even if you really wanted to you can just kind of sit back and just take it all in at the same time either and have its moments where the game breathes because you created it yeah that, there's a lot of like i think the mechanics who lend a lot of like there's been videos on it where you can just have some crazy like dumb bullshit moments like dropping yeah. rocks on things or, like things blowing up in the ragdoll physics working in a weird way like you can be creative in that game which i like um yeah there are some things that bother me i the weapon durability system just straight up pisses me off like i i don't like shit like that in games like yeah which is weird because like i play world of warcraft and stuff like that like there's weapon durability in there but it's not as like oppressive as it is in breath of the wild like your weapons don't break as quickly in world of warcraft and even if they break in world of warcraft you can just repair them at a shop and you can still use them like i get that they were trying to like get you to manage resources a little bit mm -hmm. but uh i don't think zelda is a franchise that needs something like that like I, if, if yeah. anything was like weak about that game i definitely think like the weapon system is the weakest like giving like the fact that the master sword cannot at some point not be the best sword in the game is something <laughs> yeah I, I can see that um but the game as a whole i think it really did kind of change a lot of things as far as how we'd be presented with how to do things in the game um one thing i have seen a lot of comparisons is ghost of tsushima is kind of that same aspect like all right here's how you play the game now just go play it and do whatever you need to do go wherever you want to go is very i heard it's very much breath of the wild-esque and i definitely think we'll end up seeing more of that to come on i mean it's not like open world games haven't existed but i do think this kind of reshaped the wheel a little bit in that way um ocarina of time was the start of you see that mountain you can climb it and then breath of the wild is you see that mountain you can literally be climbing it and <laughs> not have to worry about load times not have to worry about new areas just fucking climb as long as you got stamina you can do it yeah i think eventually at some point we'll see breath of the wild doing for gaming like doing for open world games what like grand theft auto did for open world games yeah i think so i think that'll be what we look back at breath of the wild and and doing um next one i put well was giant quest builders 2 i do know that obviously this is on pc and ps4 and i'm assuming xbox i don't know i think it's also on switch if i remember correctly well yeah that's where i played oh, it that's I, what happened on my switch i'm an idiot we're talking about the switch games hell yeah we are um i'm stupid no. as hell i've got so much time and i think i'm at like 70 hours of that game and that game does not <laughs> warrant that much time um it's so fun it's so simple it would not exist because of minecraft but it's got a good rpg kind of aspect of it good story and just simple fun building and what i like about a game like dragon quest builders as opposed to like like i like minecraft a lot like obviously we just sang its praises for a, right. for a hot minute i like that this one gives you like an objective like yeah there's an actual plot to this um yeah i an issue that i have with games like minecraft is that they give me so much freedom that after like a couple hours like i end up like falling off of the game and not wanting to play it anymore because it's just like okay well i walked around i punched some i'm having this issue with no man's sky right now even though like it's a really fun game and i like it um i'm glad they added recently they added more like the like there's a there's a quest objective to it now like there's a main storyline to no man's sky and that's what's keeping me playing just like there's a storyline in dragon's quest builders and that's what would keep me playing with something like minecraft i will just aimlessly punch trees i'll build my little dumb house i'll go to hell for a little bit and then i'm like all right i think i'm good on this for 
a time but like where i think drag quest builder succeed is succeeds it's like oh i want to see where this goes yeah exactly and it it's crazy because for such a cartoony style the cartoon uh toriyama like kind of thing that they went for the story goes places that are kind of dark and you wouldn't expect it to go to um i i, I loved it i love that game i occasionally pop it on not as often as i used to but it, it it's a fun one it's definitely worth you get your full bang for your buck out of that one um but the last one that i put on here was mario odyssey yeah that's uh that's one hell of a game it is and and uh my roommate's been playing it again and seeing that thinking, holy shit there's so much like fun little innovation and stuff that just makes sense but how do you even think of that um as far as like just changes to platforming that weren't there before um as far as you know using your hat to reach something new and like those little like things that you flick and like reach get to the top of the buildings like new donk city and things like that um they basically had an idea and they're okay how can we get into the game and they put it in the game simple as that they they did a lot of cool things with that game what i love about like the the cappy mechanic like possessing things is, like I think that could only work in something like a Mario game because when you yeah. say it, like, like think about how fucking stupid this sounds in a pitch for like anything else. Like, imagine going to Sony. It's like, okay, so get this: you're this guy. You have yeah. you have this hat that is actually a ghost. If you throw the hat onto something, you you possess the thing that you throw the hat on, and it also grows a mustache like your character, like. I sound like a fucking crazy person explaining it, but when you're like, yo, now it's Mario doing this, you're like, okay. Oh, that's fun. And like, I just love how, like one, like it's a good game. It's strong mechanically. There's some parts of the game that are fucking hard as nails, dude. Especially when you beat the game. Oh yeah, that secret, that quote unquote secret level is, I, I think I spent like three hours doing that level and I was like, yeah I, I hadn't been dark souls mad in a long time but mario odyssey definitely made me dark souls mad at that point mario odyssey has a demon souls boss oh fuck i oh the fucking dragon i forgot about the fucking <laughs> dragon oh straight up oh my i i want it i would love to have been in the fucking pitch thing it's like th that bit from spongebob and then there's a giant fist like that's how i feel about yeah. there being a fucking dragon yeah. <laughs> that was how they got it in the game yeah for sure like there was a um, pitch in nintendo it's like okay we need something to, we need something to bridge these two levels and then one of the developers like get this what if mario fights a dragon <laughs> um you know what I, this is one that generally has me stumped i don't know where you go next to mario after this <laughs> yeah i think about this like where where do you go from this like mario odyssey was like such an insane fucking thing like you have a photo like not photorealistic but you have like like everything in mario odyssey is like fucking cutesy and shit like most mario games but then you have this like big fucking dark souls ass dragon that's shooting lightning razor blades at you that that has like three chains like embedded into its fucking head yeah and then like they they went every, they, they kind of reached every single corner that they could have done i don't know what you do next mario can become a tree like i, I become fucking bowser 
Yeah, like the end of the game is literally just you playing as Bowser with a Mario mustache. Like, it's it. It almost feels like this could be like, like it won't be, but it's like, oh, is this the last Mario game? Like, you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know how you follow this up. Yeah, and I guess the 35th anniversary, but even then, like, that's not your new installment. What do you do? They already did it all in one game. Yeah, I would hate to be the person that has to be like, okay, pitch me a new Mario game, like brand new. What we do? How do we? What's the follow up to Odyssey? I would literally just be there, just like, uh, yeah, no kidding. And you got to do something different, I guess. You can't top what you just did, so you got to do something different. But I don't know what what that different is. Oh yeah, you yeah absolutely. Oh, we'll find out in a few years, I guess. Yeah, whenever Whenever Nintendo decides to. I don't think Nintendo is going to be putting out new console for a long time. I think. I think the Switch has done fucking gangbusters. For the quote that I had seen was that they that they expect the Switch to be at about the halfway point in its lifetime. Okay, I can kind of see that. Yeah. So we'll see what's next. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you even top the Switch as as it is. You know. I think, I think at this, at this point you got a fucking console. It is, and I think at this point, if you're Nintendo, you got to kind of just keep that gimmick of of having to be a home console and portable going. I think I don't know how you go back from that at this point. Yeah, I I, I think they've reached like a point where I I don't think I would play a Nintendo console if I if if it didn't have like the same like oh dock and undock thing. Like I right. I like playing the Switch on my TV, and then I like having the flexibility of like if I go out of town or even if I go to like a different like I like the idea that I can play like. Like, oh, I'm playing, let's say I'm playing Fire Emblem on the TV. My girlfriend says, oh, I want to watch a movie or something. I say, okay, cool, watch a movie. I just pull the Switch out of the dock and I keep playing the exact same fucking game right where I left off. Like, Right, and not only that, but it's like it's gone to the point where I can play older console games that I didn't want to sit in front of a TV for a long time and play. Like, that's why I'm going back and doing Assassin's Creed games because I don't want to sit there and do the same shit over and over, but I can do it in little bite-sized chunks here and there, you know? And we hit the point where that technology that was once on a freaking Xbox 360 and PS3 is now on this tiny ass Switch. Yeah, and granted, like the Switch isn't like the most powerful console in the world, no, obviously. But it can but, handle it can handle those gens. Yeah, and like the Switch does everything I need a console to do. I think like yeah. it's and it's crazy how like we're talking about like how all these different games change like the landscape of like gaming i think the switch just as a console is going to do a lot like yeah it'll be cool to see how like later console generations like view the switch's success and see how they like capitalize on that for themselves no matter no matter who it is that does it first if someone does a console where you can put it in a dock and take it with you it's because of the switch instantly they're gonna it's gonna be viewed as they got that from the switch oh yeah for sure uh just the concept of it it's like imagine the technology gets to the point where there's not even like the graphical disparity between that console and like the other console of that generation like imagine a portable like something like the playstation 4 that you can dock and then the game still runs at like fucking fuck you fidelity like all the time yeah yeah um i kind of think out of every generation that we went through N64 and Switch were the biggest game changers. Maybe the Wii would be the next tier because that did kind of change up family gaming. 
but N64 and Switch to me are the biggest game changer consoles. Well, I would say the Wii is more influential in terms of game changing consoles than N64 because because of the Wii, we had bullshit like Connect and PlayStation Move for the longest fucking time. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. They were kind of trying to pick, jump off those coattails. Um, I just kind of see this N64 as more because they obviously brought in the 3D era that we're still in, of course, that we'll never go back from. Yeah, I can see that too, but in terms of like influential consoles i think i think definitely nintendo has led the charge set like, the pace actually yeah yeah with with between the switch and like like i was saying the how the wii basically made everybody be like oh shit now we gotta have motion because the wii yeah. is like one of the best-selling consoles of all time yeah okay yeah, i'll throw the wii in on that exact same way yeah uh nintendo is like I like how they're always off doing their own thing, but still somehow like ahead of the curve in so many ways. Like Nintendo just loves doing weird shit and I'm here for it. Yeah, same here. Same here. Well, I think that just about wraps up we our, did it. our retrospective of every generation, including this current one, some of our favorite games. Um, go listen to that first episode uh to see the first listen to the first half if you haven't yet um play some of those games too i know a lot of them aren't going to be a lot of people saying like i don't don't, i'm not going to expect everyone to go like get a super nintendo and be like oh i fucking love chrono trigger now like i'm not i don't expect that from people but (laughs) i i feel like i I don't even expect a lot of people like obviously a lot of people are like pissed about like last of us 2 and all that shit but i i think there's some merit uh, there is some merit to at least just experiencing the games we were talking about. Um, Cause I, I feel like a lot of the games that we're talking about now are going to be changing the way that we see games in the future. Like, especially in terms of games like the last of us, last of us, and last of us Two changing narrative and like Nintendo for just changing how consoles themselves are, how games are played. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's cool looking back to seeing how we are like compared like I, like even games like Breath of the Wild, I don't think they exist without Grand Theft Auto doing what it did for open world. Right. I mean. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder if say maybe this time next year or say, okay, Switch has been around for what, three years? Um, three years from now, we'll be talking about how maybe Xbox's, you know, focus on games before their console was a shift for the industry we'll see it's i mean obviously it's way too soon to tell that could be the biggest flop of the year um but there's that potential so we'll have to see what this next generation really brings us i mean besides the fact that it's gonna last like 12 years yeah and i think what helps too is like both of like the quote-unquote major players like sony and microsoft had some strong showings granted obviously i think sony's was stronger than microsoft's but I, I think they both showed like they, they both put like their best foot forward I think in different ways like, yeah in different ways it's like you said like with uh, with X, with Microsoft and Xbox are definitely they're definitely pushing more towards inclusivity and like oh you can like yeah you you might not be able to afford our new console but don't worry if you have a PC you can play our games there like they're really they're really leaning towards like just can, getting the games out there yeah just getting the games out there and then Sony has is giving people reasons to want to spend however much money on their console. Like it's like we said, from the first game out at that PlayStation conference, even though it's just DLC, it's it's just a standalone DLC. It was enough to be like, yeah, I'm getting a fucking like I'm getting yeah. a PS4. And as that that 
conference presentation whatever went on i was like i'm definitely fucking buying a ps4 yeah exactly so it's cool that we can kind of have both and finally have our cake and eat it too because of what both companies are doing yeah absolutely i think uh i think the future is honestly very bright for gaming i even yeah. though like i know there's a lot of like fucked up things going around the gaming industry and like the people involved with like the studios and stuff but i think i think the actual games themselves are are looking pretty good yeah i say so and even then the, the games are slowly getting put in better hands as well too as far as you know how the people making them conduct themselves yeah that's true uh hopefully we get to a point where, slowly yeah slowly but surely and hopefully we get to a point where like these issues don't happen hopefully we get to a point where like the culture around crunch for video games gets a lot better like i have never been so happy to see get the like, games get delayed before right exactly and we're seeing it more now so that's fine that, uh, that's perfectly fine we got plenty of games to play now we have literally generations worth that we just talked about that we can play yeah and even like a lot of those like older generational games are available like on so many different other places now like obviously exclusives are different but like we we're talking about it last episode like i can play chrono trigger on literally fucking anything i want right. to at this point exactly so I'm, I'm excited for what's to come from all aspects not just one this time oh absolutely me too well, should we send this one home? Yeah, I think where this is a good point as any to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We, we understand that we're like a small podcast, but last week's episode was by far the biggest one that we've had so far. Yeah. Uh, so if you've been listening to us for a minute or whether you're new, I uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, I, I know we before we have been super fucking we talk about it a lot i talk about it a lot we were like super fucking inconsistent with putting episodes out uh, and now that we've been consistent uh i think we've been putting out the best episodes we've ever had even if it's just us essentially just shooting the shit about video games even though there's not much yeah. to talk about uh, i'm glad we're able to bullshit or bullshit around with you i'm glad we have yeah our, our our listener told someone else to listen and we have two now so thank you i appreciate you we have at least two and what a monumental occasion hell yeah we do uh it's been fun and it's going to continue to be fun i kind of have some new ideas that i think will probably be really cool to kind of grow this thing and we'll we'll be there for the start of a generation this time hey i straight up can't believe it yeah me neither uh before we go keep the huge where can they find you on the internet all right you all know this one you can say it with me twitter instagram woo underscore keith you know how to spell woo everyone does except for one person fuck you chris it's w-h-o-o fuck you chris Worst. you can find me on uh twitter at bad x health uh instagram you broke like glass glass no a yes x instead of a um you can find us as mini games on the internet on twitter and on instagram at minigamescast uh quick shout out to a couple friends of ours friends of the cast again like we did last week shout out to the good night cast good night games cast i, don't, I forget the official name because yeah, I am, good night games cast I they also have last person. call they also have last call which is kind of their side uh, their side um pod which is kind of more shooting the shit yeah go listen to them um listen to our friends and also self-plug because i participated in that in dungeon hunters uh it's a D podcast we haven't 
put out an episode in a while, but that's for good reason. So another shameless plug here. If you're listening to this on Friday, the day we release, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, July 25th, uh, we are going to be live streaming a D&D session. We have completely homebrewed a setting. Uh, it's about witch hunters. Uh, there's like some spooky occult shit. It should be cool. I don't know what time anything is at because I'm the last person to find out about anything. <laughs> but uh, actually, I don't think any of us knows what time we're doing anything. But yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, follow Dungeon Hunters on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I think the ad is just Dungeon Hunters on both of those. It might be Dungeon Hunters podcast. Again, I don't know. And I'm too lazy to check. But yeah, um, follow that. Keep the notifications. Uh, we will be live streaming that again this saturday if you miss it there'll probably be a vod up so check that out you can see me do some weird voices uh and see my dumb face attached to those voices uh but yeah thank you guys for listening this has been episode 22 uh episode taylor swift of the mini games podcast Um, the new album is out go listen to it shameless plug from keith Uh, but yeah thank you guys for listening uh we'll see you next week Goodbye. Bye.